What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another installment here of Honest and Uneducated, the show where we talk about anything from movies, movie news, video games, comic books, all sorts of fun stuff like that. We got uh, one thing off the top. We're normally joined by uh, a, a one Rick Metz, but we're having some like winter weather advisories here in Ohio, so he decided to stay in and. Uh, so he didn't he didn't make the trip out to the studio. So I commend him on being safe because we didn't want him to get stuck out here or have a wreck on the way home or something. So the stuff came in quick though. Literally, we got like four inches of snow. Like well, it was not four inches yet, but we're supposed to get like four inches of snow, and we got like two inches easily within the first like thirty minutes of it snowing. Which yes, it snows in Ohio, but uh, I mean for the past couple couple years i feel like we haven't had like any snow here if we have it's been like a little bit coming down here and there but nothing really sticking for the last couple of years but anyway weather talk over let's get into the movie talk um we got some good stuff here that we're going to do our wandavision episode four spoiler review at the end of the show we got shazam 2 come up it's finally getting the start starting uh filming due to numerous delays during covid so excited for that still no word on whenever black adam is supposed to go back into filming it's been like nine years since that movie was announced so it got it was supposed to start filming this year as well and it got delayed and now there's no date on it but let's get into it here anyways guys but joining me first is the one john knight himself how you doing today john I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Um, got some interesting stuff to get into tonight, especially uh, I'm looking forward to the WandaVision talk because it's it, it, I, I, there, a lot of the a lot of the criticisms or the the disappointments, maybe is a better word that I'd heard about the series so far. Um, definitely applied to what happened in this in this episode so like or, or or at least were addressed by what happened in this episode so i'm i'm real excited to get into that oh yeah there was like this was like the culmination episode of like you know all the questions you got guys here's some of the answers right <laughs> like that's essentially like this episode was when you really look at it was just all uh god why am i blanking on the word uh exposition it was essentially all exposition like but it was a great episode nonetheless so sure. yeah i really liked it it looks like you yeah. froze up your camera froze up but well, of uh, course right when we start we, we've been talking for the past half hour and had i know <laughs> but right as soon as we get the show going oh of course no big deal though we'll get into this first topic here <laughs> the first one we're gonna get into is the Shazam topic itself. So um, I'm excited for this because I'll tell you what, despite uh, uh, the Black Adam thing, because I'm real excited for the Black Adam thing, the, the things that we got at uh, DC Fandom where we actually got a look at what was going on with that Black Adam movie, it got me far more excited for anything I could have actually imagined that thing being. Because there's been so many like issues with it not really issues, but there's just been, it was literally like, how long ago really was it when The Rock was announced to be playing Black Adam? I really feel like it was like nine years ago at this point. Right. I mean, I think we're definitely pushing six. I mean, I think he was announced right around the same time Batman vs. Superman came out because right after Batman vs. Superman or right around that time was when they revealed the whole big slate of films that were supposedly coming out of the DCEU, which included 
Justice League Part 1 and 2. It included Second Wonder Woman. It included Aquaman. And I think in those announcements, Flash, and I think in that in that announcement, um, Black Adam was in there. And I think they already had The Rock tied to it. So, yeah, we're looking at five, six years since that announcement has been made with absolutely zero uh, movement on the film besides what we got at DC Fandom last year. Yeah, and then, like, zero movement's almost like... It, it, that's almost putting it lightly. <laughs> like, there was, like, The Rock's gonna play back Adam. Silence. Like, no yeah. news on, like, who else is gonna be in the movie, if it was gonna be tied to Shazam in any way. Like, nothing. Yeah. And then, finally, at DC Fandom, The Rock... Even The Rock was just always very sparse about it when he talked about it. He was just like, yeah, we're doing it. That's it. I think I think <laughs> the one... I think the one or two comments I heard from him in that, you know, between when it was announced in DC fandom, I think I heard maybe two things about it. And it was always, we're just trying to get the script right. Um, yeah. So that was it. But yeah. All but I anyway, know is I, like Dr. Fate, they showed Dr. Fate. And like, I was, I mean, JSA altogether, which is all it's fine. Exactly. But like, Dr. Fate is my dude, man. I love Dr. Yep. Fate. Like, I've always, oh, like, yeah. they even, I even love when he showed up in Smallville. Like, of all the things Smallville, like, did wrong over the years, um, I love Smallville. Like, I'm not, like, hating on Smallville or anything, but, like, it wasn't sure. really, like, I know it's not supposed to be a Superman show, but it was a Superman show. You know what I mean? Like, but well, they did the Dr. Fate stuff really good, I thought. And you also have to, you know, think back to what things were like in the early 2000s i mean you had some superhero films you had um what the spider-man series and you had x-men and uh so you had a handful of things here and there but it was still pretty sparse out there it was not like the golden age we are living in now of the mcu and um the occasional good dc movie so yeah i mean these definitely are wondrous times yeah yeah and uh, you took what you could get back then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, all things considered, I, I did like Smallville. It definitely sure. had some rocky, some rocky stuff. Like for sure. I mean, the the As stuff that happened with uh, like uh, what Allison Mack aside. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I just recently watched that documentary on HBO about all that dude. That stuff was weird. Like was, it was really weird. If you, I forget what I it's know, called. I never got into it too much, but yeah, it sounded pretty, pretty. Pretty strange. It, it was uh, but, interesting. But to be fair, yeah, I think we're both in agreement that Smallville, we've kind of gotten off track here, but I think we're both in yeah. agreement that Smallville was, it was a pretty good show. And, and the good episodes were very, were excellent. Okay. They were very good. But I think it suffered from the same thing that a lot of scripted dramas that are full seasons, full 22, 24 episode mm -hmm. seasons weren't into is that eventually you got to throw some filler in there. And Smallville may have had more filler than others, but it, it still kind of fell victim, I think, to that during some of the storylines. But it was still when, like I said, when it was good and throughout its its run, when it was good, it was excellent. Oh yeah, for sure. I really liked it. Like, yeah, even, even my boy Sam Whitmer ended up showing up as Doomsday on there. Weird ass yep. interpretation of Doomsday, <laughs> but he was there and it was cool. But with yep. this Shazam stuff, if we get back on track. Shazam, dude, I'm, I'm very excited. We don't have like an actual date for this, but it just says May, but that that's, that's coming up right around the corner. And Shazam, the first one, I love that movie. It was probably my second favorite DCEU movie, if, if we're going to still call it DCEU. 
I mean, obviously behind Man of Steel, but I do. I think I did. I will put it above Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman being number three. I like Shazam that much, which is yeah. probably more than most people. But I think no, I, I like Man of Steel more than most people too. So, I guess I, I I've never even thought about ranking the DCEU movies, but but I think I I think I'd put it right there with you. I the only thing that I think could have made Shazam better was if they actually had Henry Cavill in that in. Yeah. Uh, credit yeah. scene or that in in cap scene instead of just nondescript guy in superman suit but yeah, um for sure yeah other than that other than that the movie was tonally it was perfect for me it had a good mix of humor and action um a good story yeah i mean just all around an excellent film yeah i loved it zach levi was super charismatic as uh as old shazam himself and just like yeah. it was a good juxtaposition between the kid billy batson and then the you know, the grown up Zach Levi version. I will say though, and I do, people did give this criticism, and like, I do believe, I, I follow it to some degree, is that the younger Billy Batson character did almost seem more mature than Zach Levi's Shazam character at times. Just because they made yeah. Billy out to be this like very stoic kid because Street of Park. his situation. And, sure. uh, then, but I mean, I always took it as like he's that stoic kind of like in a bad situation kid. But then he finds out and doesn't not find out. But then he gets these superpowers, so he just it kind of just switches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All your concerns and cares go away when you're a six foot three, you know, two hundred and fifty yeah. Superman that can do basically anything. You don't. You don't have those worries that are on the mind of a homeless kid or a kid that's bouncing around through yeah. foster homes. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. All the endorphins just flood through his brain and he's just all giddy and, and hyper like Zach Levi is. Like that's the yeah. way I took it anyway. I think I feel like it made sense for that to some degree. So I thought it was good. But I'm excited well, for it, man. I just hope I hope they can work in some uh some rock stuff, some black Adam stuff. I want them to set that up. Like that's what I, if if I get anything out of this, that's what I want. Like I want that to happen at some point. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they those two characters are so tied together so closely. I mean, Black Adam is Shazam's arch nemesis in the comics, but yet when it comes to the films, they've they seem to be kind of keeping them separate and intentionally separate for some reason. I'm curious what that's for. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super. You know, I'm also really excited to because we got teased. Uh, it wasn't even teased. We got the Shazam family, um, you know, into the story, but right at the tail end of the first movie. So this will be really fun to see the whole Shazam family maybe interact on a on a bigger scale um, for a sequel film. So. Yeah, if anything, too, I would almost... I liked the Shazam family, now that you bring it up. I liked the Shazam family stuff, and I like all the people who were like... I liked all the cast and everything. Mm -hmm. I do feel like they probably should have waited on it, though. If I had one nitpick about the the thing, I feel like it would have been better served for like the second or third movie when Shazam is getting his ass beat by Black Adam. That would have been a perfect time for the Shazam family to come in with the assist in my opinion that would be the only thing if i could change anything that's what i would change because they just like kind of throw them in real quick in the first movie definitely i and i i i agree with you i i in an ideal world that would be how they would have been introduced mm -hmm. um 
part of me wonders if when they were writing the script for it, they were like, you know, it's Shazam. It is as popular as popping off as superhero movies are right now. Um, Shazam's kind of a forgotten character from like the 1940s and 50s. So let's, if we're going to do it, let's just do everything that we would want to do. And and so they threw him in there just because they were afraid they might not get the chance again to do it later. That's true. Like I, I would, I, that's probably a good assumption is like, might as well do it in case we don't get a sequel. Like yep. I could totally seem to do that. And if anything too, maybe it helped push it to getting that sequel. Like maybe people thought it's like its own, because you got to think of they're almost like, their own little group of Avengers to some degree. Like it's their own little JLA. It's their own little thing. Like it is. And, and not to, not to, I don't know, not to bring in other social issues that people may tie to and have different, differing opinions on. But I, I wonder if it also again give them the opportunity to bring in uh, a, a, a cast to allow a wider audience to see themselves as the superhero in the movie too. Oh yeah. The diversity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By, by bringing the whole family in, you then get representation for a lot of different uh, groups and people and, and give, give people, give all those different groups their own way into the movie besides just as, you know, a fan of the character Shazam himself. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That was, that's actually a good point. Like I could totally see that. Even if that is a little scummy on a corporate level in some degree, like if, if it was pushed down, just like, well, let's just do that because that's appealing. But if they did it from the right place, that's a very good sure. point. You know what I mean? Because a hundred percent, like, because you definitely, I always, I always like this example is like Marvel and everyone loves the MCU, but Marvel went 18 movies with all white male leads or something like that and then you finally got black panther and carol danvers yeah so like people like to say like it's not a thing it's it's a thing like sure. it's definitely a thing even even if it's not on the nose and blatant it, it was, like yeah. it's a thing and i don't think i don't think it was you know i mean um purely speculation on my part i don't think it was a thing that marvel was like intentionally like we don't want to oh, do yeah, this no. I think it was more Marvel was just like, this is what's working for us. We're a new film studio where this is where we're going with it. Especially when you talk about like phase one of the MCU. Um, but now that they've, you know, that they're getting deeper and they're firmly entrenched, I think they're feeling more comfortable. And you can see, you know, if it, if it took them 18 movies to get us black Panther, but they were able to do it as well as they did. I'm glad that they waited because that movie, they, they did such an excellent job with it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that they took their time and didn't just, just do it just for the sake of doing it. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I definitely don't mean that as a detractor either. Cause like the sad, the not really the sad truth, but the, the reality of it is, is like the time that the comic books and superheroes were created. It was sure. in a time where there wasn't representation. So like you're going to yeah. have uh, an imbalance of diversity because like the, those more diverse characters weren't created till much later down the line. There's just a more abundance of your generic white guy like in, yeah. in the comic book world. That's just which is why it's good that there is the, the representation being happening here because it's, it's it was a problem back then just in general around the world. And it's been a problem in Hollywood for quite a long time. So, for yeah, sure. I mean, you you can you can look at it this way: the the Marvel comic book universe probably took a good, you know, ten to twenty years to really begin diversifying their characters, mm -hmm. whereas the MCU took you know 
five or six. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but question is guys, what do you think about the Shazam two finally going into production? Are you like us? Are you, at least for me, I really want the Black Adam thing to happen. If I can have anything happen in Shazam 2, I don't know if it's going to happen just because of the Black Adam situation being delayed and The Rock being, like, the busiest dude in Hollywood. Um, So, like, that's the other kind of problem with it is, like, if you don't hit the date The Rock has scheduled, chances are he's probably got four other things lined up. So it's, like, it's not just going to be delayed a year. It's, like, you're potentially delayed two years now so i don't know we'll just have to see though let us know what you think down in the comment section below all right guys so our next topic here is some news from the cloverfield world surprisingly they are actually word has come out they are going to be doing a cloverfield sequel a true sequel because they've been doing these kind of like spin-off ish movies with like 10 cloverfield lane and then the cloverfield paradox I can't remember. Was there another one? I don't really remember. I know there were those two, and they had plans on doing more and making it like an anthology kind of series, but now they're supposedly going to be a direct sequel. It's not going to be found footage, though, which, I don't know, kind of makes sense. Found footage hasn't really been a very popular... It wasn't even popular back when Cloverfield did it, really. If anything, that's one of the things that made it kind of popular again was that movie, if I had to think about yeah, it yeah you, you had blair witch that really popularized mm-hmm. it but then it kind of died down it lulled, went into a lull and then cloverfield and yeah i brought it back a little bit yeah and then chronicle came out too around the i think around the same time cloverfield chronicle's a good movie man <laughs> dude here's here's the funny thing i've never sat through and finished chronicle really? and yeah and despite doing this story on this show i've never finished cloverfield <laughs> Right. I've watched though. I've literally watched both of the the, the Ten Cloverfield Lane. Good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox. Not a good movie. But I watched that. Like I don't know what it is. I've literally sat down and watched Cloverfield. I think three times, and something has always came up to make me not finish it. So I've seen like most of the movie, just not the whole movie. I saw it in the theater, so I, I had nothing else pulling me away from the end of it. But yeah. I, I can't. I wish I, I wish I could say you missed something um, that you you shouldn't really need to finish it. But yeah, it's I've, I, seen, I've I, seen most I, of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know the big like the big monster dude and the little fight in the city, and they hit the thing and it goes down, and then I forget how it ends. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, but what I find, and I told you this before, if you want to put your tinfoil hat on here. Because it says that J.J. Abrams is coming back to uh, produce this thing. And that if you don't know, J.J. Like Abrams recently signed like a first look deal with Warner Brothers and everything. But to, to that point where you suggested, well, maybe... Because uh, I talked about this before the show with John. And I said that maybe this leads a little bit more credence into J.J. Abrams actually doing a, the Superman movies. There's been rumors ever since J.J. signed the first look deal with Warner Brothers that they wanted him to direct Superman. And then there was an article like not too long ago that I think we may have covered on the show the where uh, he was doing it and is looking to bring Henry Cavill back is like what, what the most recent word was. And then in this article, it goes on to say that they are they have hired for the Cloverfield sequel here, Joe Barton, who has recently done the, uh, was a showrunner for the Robert Pattinson Batman prequel series that is going to be dropping on HBO Max. To that point, when I brought this up to you, 
and it like obviously you know jj abrams is a guy who works in you know the industry and joe barton is a guy who works in the industry so you don't have to really look any further than that as to how they got in touch with each other is they're both you know working in the movie world so i mean it makes sense as just random people but this thing is done because you said too like you know maybe it's just because like they're both working at warner brothers and they just met and whatever but cloverfield is a paramount movie yeah. so they like they, they, their meeting would have had to have happened on different terms so my tinfoil hat suggestion unless they knew each other i don't know that they, they could be best friends for all i know i have no idea but my tinfoil hat theory is that there's like a this is kind of being presumptuous too thinking that wb has like a dc meeting that actually takes place between them because they, they don't really seem to have very concrete plans just <laughs> based on everything else but Again, this is they should oil. have they, they should they, have a meaning. But. Exactly, they definitely should. And if they did, maybe there's a hypothetical, theoretical meeting that took place between the upcoming DC project team, in which J.J. Abrams being on the Superman movie, and then this Joe Barton fella being on the Batman thing, were in a room together, and that's how they met. And then J.J. was like, "Hey, I'm doing Cloverfield. Do you want to write it?" You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that I don't think your tinfoil hat has to be that big for that to be true. Because I mean, if DC has finally gotten smart, and God, I pray that they have. But if they've finally gotten smart about how they're building out this universe, then they do need to get all those people, all the various entities that either have something in production or have something on the you know in pre-production or even have something that they're just, you know, attached to for a future project. They need to have all those people in the same room so that they're all on the same page. And definitely maybe JJ and this guy were in the same room talking about a DC stuff because this guy's involvement with Batman and JJ's involvement with Superman and they liked each other. And then they, and then they started saying like, Hey, what else you got going on? And JJ's like, Hey, you know, we're thinking about doing Cloverfield. Well, would you be interested in trying to come over and do do that with us? So yeah, definitely. I think it's not that much of a leap to think that that may be where this this was birthed. Yeah, I mean, the only other obvious, I guess, scenario is the fact that Matt Reeves did the first Cloverfield movie. Matt Reeves is doing the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. So that's, but at the same time, that still means the DC could still DC world could still be a thing because maybe Matt Reeves was also in the room with JJ because of the Superman thing. Maybe it could have just been a bad robot meeting and it had nothing to do with the DC group of people. But I'd like to just assume that this Superman movie is happening because we need a Man <laughs> of Steel too. So I'm gonna hope yeah. it has something to do with that. But I'm excited to see where this uh, Cloverfield sequel thing goes because the Cloverfield Paradox movie I don't know it was not good but it wasn't like I don't think it was a dumpster fire of anything it just kind of like went off the rails in the end that like, was direct to Netflix one right mm -hmm. they got like spontaneously sprung it was like hey by the way there's a Cloverfield movie coming out and it's out today and it's on Netflix like you can go watch it now yeah I think right? if, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly they dropped the trailer during the Super Bowl and they were like, 
and that's when available it after, uh, yeah, like available now on Netflix or whatever. That's right. You're and there right. Was the I first trailer that. for it, and it just said, "Oh, it's also here now." And then you watch yeah. the movie, and you're like, "Oh, that's why it went straight to Netflix because it wasn't very good." <laughs> but yeah, I so I'm you know I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, the the Cloverfield concept is. Now that they're actually making Godzilla movies again and they're making King Kong movies, I I wonder, you know, the timing could be good. But it also Cloverfield, I think, filled that void because when Cloverfield came out, I think we were right after the, the, the attempted reboot of Godzilla, the kind of lame. You remember that they they tried to reboot Godzilla in the maybe mid 90s or so. Does that ring a bell? Oh, with Matthew Broderick? With Matthew Broderick, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it didn't go over that well, and so I think Cloverfield kind of filled that kind of monster invading the city, mm-hmm. invading Earth kind of deal, um, and so so I wonder if it I, basically what I'm trying to get at, taking the long way, sorry, <laughs> is that I wonder if um, now that Godzilla is kind of back in theaters and Kong's back in theaters, if Cloverfield's going to feel like kind of like the the lame, the lame version of those movies. Um, yeah, the lesser, yeah. the lesser. Yeah. The, the, he's not established, but I do hope, I, I hope it's a good movie. Uh, the one, I think the one, my, I think the reason that I kind of poo pooed the ending of Cloverfield was just, I think I was hyped in that movie. The movie was a good movie. And I was excited to finally see the monster and see the monster do some stuff. But because it's found footage and because it's because the story is what it is, you never really get that. You get a couple glimpses, you get a couple shots of the monster, but that's it. You don't get to see the monster really wreaking havoc and destruction, which for me, kaiju movies, that's what I come for. I come for the destruction. I come for the the crazy big giant monster. So to not get that much of it in the movie, I think I just left a little disappointed. That is coloring my my perspective on it. <clears throat> well, that's why a lot of people didn't like the first Godzilla movie. Not the Matthew Broderick yeah. one, but the one that's the, the current Godzilla's. Cause he's the current in, run. Yeah, he was in like 15 minutes of the movie. And most of yeah. it was just like shots of his leg or shots of his head. You know, you never really got that big, wide shot. You know I mean? There were very few and far between. But Like the, the shot of Kong punching Godzilla in the latest trailer. That's yeah. such a good, that's all I want. That's all mm-hmm. I want. I want to be able to see them. And I want to see what's happening. I don't want this implied stuff. I, I understand that it's hard. Probably it's probably cost a ton of money in CG. It probably is a hard shot to actually do those things. But if you're going to do the movies then put the time and effort and money into it to do it that way. Yeah, just do it well because I feel like in it's like in the first Godzilla movie they barely showed any kaiju stuff, but then in King of the Monsters it was just like throwing spaghetti on the wall with the spaghetti's kaiju's. Yeah. You know what I mean? If anything, what I really would like out of this uh, another great shot in that Kong trailer though, the Godzilla vs Kong trailer is the very end tag when he's like going Thor on him with the, like the hammer and he's doing the yep. breath and he just, that would kill Godzilla though. I said that when I was talking <laughs> about last week, like when the trailer came out, like that would literally cut his head off and you know, it's not going to. So uh, I, I, I thought of this and I actually saw it somewhere else, but I swear I thought of it first. I'm not just stealing somebody else's. Do you think that Godzilla in that shot is just a placeholder and that 
there's uh-huh. something else that's supposed to be like in that. It's Mecha and so when we Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. Like when we get to the actual, because they've done that before with with shows and movies and stuff, where yeah. they digitally insert a character that actually doesn't belong there, or they in, or they insert a scene in the trailer that never shows up in the movie because it was just for the trailer. So yeah, I, I kind of wonder because, like you said, that would Point. kill Godzilla. He's going to oh, yeah, dude. swap Godzilla's head off with that Thor hammer. Well, especially as he's doing that, it's getting charged with nuclear energy, and then he just yep. And you see the yeah. whole hit. It's like I was just waiting yeah. to see Godzilla's head rolling off camera, <laughs> like it was insane. So yeah, that's a good point. That could be. I just feel like when you when you throw a scene to that degree, and then it's just completely not in the movie. Like unless that scene actually happens, and they just copy paste Mecha Godzilla there, I think people exactly. get kind of pissed off. Like that's like du- du- directly misleading. Like you remember that uh, well, Gosling Hulk- Drive movie? Yeah, I love that movie. But like, I didn't watch it in theaters or anything. I watched it like after the fact, like a year, couple years later, and completely missed this whole like marketing fiasco. But like, there were people who filed lawsuits against that movie for having misleading marketing for it because they thought it was going to be Fast and the Furious, not some like. <laughs> high tense drama movie dark with, yeah yeah and uh but yeah it's like that same kind of situation if you do that what yeah well I, I guess the 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 one the most famous example of marketing not being accurate to what was it is the hulk showing up in the infinity war trailer mm-hmm. in wakanda which obviously never happened so I, I i'm wondering if this isn't the same thing with the godzilla trailer yeah and that one to to your point is not like misleading because Bruce Banner is there when it happens. True. And he's in just, he's just in the Hulkbuster. So it's like, they just yeah. replaced him there because it would have given, like it would have spoiled the whole arc for the movie that. So if they just did a copy paste thing and that's actually Mecha Godzilla, that would be the exact same scenario. If what that if, scene's just if, not there, that's a big problem. What if they rotate the camera just like, 30 degrees and while while from the shop that you have in the trailer it looks like godzilla's charging it and kong's gonna hit godzilla with it what if godzilla is charging it and kong is actually jumping to mecha godzilla who's just off frame and so he's charging it it's to like a tag team give thing. him x yeah give him the extra boost or whatever that's cool yeah. man that would be cool that's I'm even, a building the t- that's even better <laughs> <laughs> that's like some tag it's, team action dude that's super cool I, if I don't get that shot in the movie now, I'm going to be disappointed. Damn it. Yeah, that, that's why we don't speculate. That's why we shouldn't <laughs> that's speculate. Right. You just, you, we need you, to stop. yeah, you picture the movie in your head and then you get disappointed when you don't get what you wanted to see, man. <laughs> especially when you have cool ideas like that, because that would be cool. A nice, like, yeah. tag team duo kind of thing would be. That, that's yeah. just like when freaking, like, Iron Man does his little beam off of, like, Cap Shield. or Cap like, Shield? Yeah, you know, it's the same concept. Yeah, or when he char- cool. when uh, Thor charged him up in Endgame, he yeah. used his hammer, and yep. Man, man, like, that'd be cool. I would love to see Kong and Godzilla work. I just don't know how well they would work together not being, like, intelligent beings. <laughs> and they just meet, and they were just <laughs> fighting in the city, but now we're going to do, like, <laughs> these crazy combos on Mecha Godzilla or something. Yeah, yeah, like, Kong, like, 
drawing pictures in the in the rubble of the city and Godzilla to show Godzilla <laughs> what he wants to do. <laughs> I would pay to have that scene too. That would be great. Just like the game plan for it. Yeah, man. I would hope though too with this uh just to, to wrap up the Cloverfield portion of it. I think the one thing with the the Cloverfield stuff that I think they missed the mark on with the whole anthology thing was that they like because like they went with 10 cloverfield lane which was like spoiler alert it was like an alien invasion thing just you mm. know and then with the cloverfield paradox it wasn't really anything it was like a time travel multiple dimension thing didn't really have anything to do with anything like it, the cloverfield monster was at the end of it but it's like kind of confusing as to what they're really trying to imply other than multiple realities to some degree. But I think like what they should have done or could have done. I'm not a writer by any means at all like in this. But maybe focus on what made the franchise like popular. Which was the kaiju thing. And maybe just mm. introduce different types of kaiju. You know what I mean? Like so maybe if they do this like go back to their roots with this Cloverfield 2 thing. And it's just like there's just some new kaiju thing. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what I just kind of hope they do. But then, again, y y your point of it just being looked at as kind of the lesser Godzilla would kind of come into play. But I don't know. I just feel like that's what they should have been doing the whole time. Like, but I guess... What, Ten Cloverfield laying aside, because I did like that movie. I thought that was good. Yeah. So, I don't know. But question is, guys, what do you think about this uh, Cloverfield two coming out and it not being a found footage thing? Like, that's uh, is that something that you're like kind of like more on board for now that found footage isn't really like a thing anymore, or is it something that kind of you know based on this being Cloverfield, maybe think it was something they should kind of go back to if they're actually going to do a direct sequel? Whatever you think, let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here today, and again, off I got I gotta say, it, but just to preface it. This would not be an episode of H&U unless we talk about the Snyder Cut. And today we got some, some, I mean, it's always some good Snyder Cut news for the most part. But I got to say, at least now we got our release date for the Snyder Cut. So that is good. It's going to be coming out on March 18th. And along with the um, release date information, we also got a couple posters for it. And I was telling you, John, um, I would like to have this one in particular without the logo on it because I think it's a cool poster. Just like a Shattered Justice League logo. It's, it's a good stuff. And obviously you saw this in the kind of the, the Snyder Cut trailer for the when it goes kind of through like the nightmare looking scene. This the Justice League. The, plaque what am or I, whatever. The placard or whatever from the Hall of Justice, yeah. which hasn't yeah. really existed, but... It was there on the ground, which is cool. The only thing I will mm -hmm. say, though, about these is they don't look real. Like They look like obvious CG, which is kind of, like, odd. Like, these don't look right. You know what I mean? Like, they look yeah. good, but they don't look yeah. real. They, they look computer-generated, which I don't know mm -hmm. if that's the motif they were going for or if it was just, like, eh, this is what we got. We're just going to do it real quick. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I like the overall design of it, though. I just feel like... Something about it as I'm looking at it, like, because I know it's obviously CG regardless. They don't have this laying around and just take a picture of it. But I don't know. It feels something's something's making it. Maybe it's too glossy. Maybe not enough dust or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the lighting. I don't know. I like it. It's just something I'm pointing out. And we got this mm -hmm. other one, which, again, has the same kind of motif to it. And, like, again, with this one, everything looks really good, but the flag looks, like, fake. Well, I don't know. It, this, is a, this is 
This one in particular, of the three that we're going to see, this is the one that, I don't know what the right word, I guess maybe feels to me a little, like a little misplaced, um, or mm -hmm. it's intentional, because the classic image of a flag, a tattered flag flying is, at least with regards to DC Comics and specifically Superman, is the death of Superman. When Doomsday kills Superman, there's the iconic shot of Lois holding Superman's body and the the tattered flag blowing, the, his tattered cape, I should say, yeah. blowing in the wind. Um, and, and that happened in Batman versus Superman. So maybe it's just the callback to that to remind people of where we are going into this film. Um, but anyway, I, it was it was it was an interesting choice when I saw it. I, I was like, "But that has to do with the death of Superman. We've already got that." But then, you know, when you start thinking it through, maybe there's some logic behind it. Just, just to tie back into to tie it more closely to the Batman versus Superman, like this right here. Definitely that. Um, trying to think of what. See if there was another one that, or, or like had. this right here. Exactly. There you mm -hmm. go. That's yep. Definitely that. I so. just love. Uh, I, I I look for any excuse to look at this statue morning. <laughs> it's, it's fuck. It's an awesome statue. So cool. It's a great statue, yeah. man. Like, th this thing. There's a uh, which one from uh, just to get off topic here. Like like always. I think it is this one. I think this is the one. Eh, yes, uh, this is the one. Yeah, there's a sideshow one. There's an alternate head for it, and then they have uh, on the, the deluxe version all of these things. Uh, it has like there's like a batarang in his leg. The cape yep. you can move it around and take it off of his hand. And then there's like Aquaman's trident, one with a sword. I think Flash's helmet or something like it was just, just a bunch of just cool little things like on the base for it. On top of mm -hmm. it having just one of the dopest. Doomsday statues like ever, so sure it's super cool. I wish yep. I wish I had the money to buy it, but I don't. <laughs> it's really great because it's I think it's a quarter scale one too. Like it's freaking yeah, massive huge. statue, dude. It's insane. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think too with this motif though, I I almost think though it's more misleading in uh, kind of the what we were talking about in the Godzilla. The trailer, for instance, because like we've already seen the movie, we know they win, so it's kind of misleading, and there's like, or maybe not misleading, but like kind of pointless in some ways. Like, I get the imagery, but when mm -hmm. we know for the most part the outcome, it kind of makes it a little empty for me, in all honesty. Yeah. Like, I like the symbolism, and had you know, had we actually gotten this cut without Justice League, and we know that like Darkseid's gonna be involved and all that stuff, then like this would be really this would be a great teaser poster had we had sure. not seen Justice League and kind of know where the story's going, then this would be like super cool in all honesty. Sure. Because then we'd have that connection with the uh, the death of Superman and then just kind of apply it to this, like, well, oh, oh shit, like, did the Justice League lose? You know, is this like an Infinity War situation? But it's not. Well, and honestly, I mean, based on what we know, the Justice League doesn't really win at the end. Like, when this was two movies, when this was mm -hmm. Justice League 1 and Justice League 2, the first one, the initial Justice League movie, they were kind of supposed to kind of lose to Steppenwolf at the end, right? Like, like, Maybe drive him back, but not actually get a definitive win because Darkseid is the the the, the looming presence of Darkseid was supposed to 
kind of overshadow the ending to the first part of Justice League, and then he really comes in in full for, force in the in the second version or the second the sequel, which mm-hmm. I guess we're never getting. I don't know. There's a lot. It would be super interesting to see how how they've converted this movie to make it a standalone. If they if they really do think it's a cul de sac as they've referred to it, and not going anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and and you know. But this, but this image, if if the movie does end on a kind of a down note of the Justice League barely surviving with the threat of Doomsday kind of lurking and and over over them, um, this image may be more prophetic than than we initially thought. From what I understand, this the movie's supposed to end in like Zach's cut. Um, with them beating Steppenwolf, but as like Superman comes back, they fight Steppenwolf, they beat him, and then they open up a boom tube, like Cyborg's or- able to open up a boom tube back to Apocalypse, and Superman hits Steppenwolf, and as he's flying back through the boom tube, Wonder Woman jumps in, and you see the shot of Wonder Woman jumping in with her sword like this in the trailer, and that's actually the shot from that scene, and she cuts Steppenwolf's head off as he's getting hit through the boom tube, so then his head goes through the boom tube and lands at Darkseid's feet, and then there's a shot of all the Justice League looking through the boom tube at Darkseid looking down at them. That's how this movie is supposed to end. So they, theoretically, that's, that's what I've heard. I don't know Zack Snyder or have seen this movie. To my knowledge, yeah. but that's uh, where it's supposed to go, because then that okay. was like again, kind of goes to your point of it sets up Dark Side and Justice League too, because like there he is, like yeah, we're we're all looking at each other now. Which even if we don't get a Dark or not a Dark Side, but even if we don't get a Justice League two, that's a cool way to end the movie. I mean, kind of a crappy way to end one that's not going to get that sequel. But that being said, it's a cool way to end the movie. Yeah. And then this this one's good though. This that is that good. that was this was a clever. This one's good. <laughs> this was a clever. Whoever in the marketing came up with this one, kudos to you because, um, yeah, <laughs> I would, you're definitely unearthing un- 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 something that we everybody thought either was destroyed or or what was the refrain for a long time it doesn't exist. So, I'm trying to see if there's like anything in those those reels in that film reel it's like so hard to make oh out. see a scene in there <laughs> yeah an image it looks like batman back. well that's the one thing i will say that i'm i'm very surprised at kind of the low-key nature that warner brothers is is unveiling information and and, and things about this um you know i this was the big thing that was coming in. But before Warner Brothers did this push to go day and date with um, the theatrical releases, this was this was the big deal was the, mm-hmm. the Snyder cut. So I'm surprised like like I mean, we're May, March 18th, right? Yep. March so we're 18th. we're we're six weeks out from it. And there was not there wasn't a new trailer. There wasn't like there wasn't much fanfare. It was just a a few social media posts with these three posters that are, you know, interesting posters and and they're nice, but they don't feature any of the characters. They don't feature any new information. Um, They're really just, just give you a tone, maybe the tone of the movie and that's it. So we got cyborg there and Batman all through these. 
you can see the bat logo right here, 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 here. Okay. Here. Can't tell what this might be something. No, that looks like a bat logo right there on the side shot. Can't tell what this is. I'm doing this live. This isn't this isn't pre-planned. <laughs> I think this is Aquaman. Okay. Um bat logo. I'm looking off camera here so that I can see what you're uh, highlighting. Well, if I zoom in anymore, it gets real pixely, so it's hard to see. Superman oh, yeah. logo here. Superman logo. Um, looks like another Jason Momoa there. Aquaman's trident right here. So that makes so, sense. So, yeah, I mean... This is the not, first poster no, we no, have no. of the people. <laughs> oh, this looks like... Uh, this almost looks like the like the well, that's, that's interesting. This might be reading a little bit into it here, but this looks like a round table, like a hall of justice or something. Maybe it's kind of hard. to Oh tell. well, and we we know like we it. know from the end of the Justice League cut that well, and then this maybe, right yeah. here looks like the Justice League placard that's like fallen. So maybe this is the hall of like the table for the hall of justice. Yeah. That was at the end of the movie. You know, like, I picture a table here. You know, six yeah. chairs, whatever. Yeah. Yep. That was my detective work for for. Well, for well here we there. we can we can break it for we can break the story for everybody that is watching that we can confirm that Batman will be in the Justice the Snyder Cut of Justice. <laughs> <Hey, so. laughs> you see it here. It's been, it? You you heard it here first. Confirm. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh yeah, God. sure, he, sure he was in sure he was in the sizzle reel from uh you know DC fandom and all that, but but now we have an official poster and a release date, so yeah, we can, he's definitely there. If anything, know. too, what's weird though is this uh on the the bat logo that I'm seeing there, like throughout, it doesn't look like the big Frank Miller looking bat logo that Ben had. It looks more like the the it honestly looks more like the classic Keaton one, but just longer and all black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no yellow weird. oval. Yeah, which is weird. It's probably just because right here it looks like the Frank Miller one, but then right here it looks like the other one, which mm -hmm. is it's weird. This though, I this might be Martian Manhunter. I'm not even kidding. Right here, like I've already minimized. No, that does the bat logo there again. I'm gonna stop looking at this. I'm gonna be thinking about this <laughs> all day. And it's just like, dude, it doesn't mean anything. It's like I know, I know it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um. God, what was I going to say? I had something to say about this. I don't know. I'm, oh, no, yeah, with the trailer thing, though. I thought for sure, for sure, since we were getting that Godzilla trailer, that we were going to get the Snyder Cut trailer. Like, 100%. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, well, it's going to come out then. Since since we got confirmation that was coming out, this has to be following it. Because I this is why Godzilla got pushed back to the end of March. Because they, they set this release date that that's it like they didn't want yeah. to be too close to each other so like, yeah. they moved godzilla back announced that this was coming out so now that this stuff has come out maybe by next week we'll have the trailer for it because that's like the well, one gripe i have for this whole snyder cut thing and i'm hyped as hell to see it but there's been no no footage it's all footage we've already seen and it's just but it's a snyder cut this time it's like yeah but it's still all the same shots we saw like yeah. it's all the same but um, I'll say this. Uh, what what's what's taking place a week from today that maybe you mentioned before you thought maybe they tie a trailer to. Oh, I'm sorry, a week from tomorrow. 
I don't know. You got the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, you got yeah, your Super true. Bowl coming up 100%. a week from tomorrow. So maybe, maybe that's it. why we don't have a trailer yet. Maybe there actually will be, uh, you know, a thirty-second or a minute spot on the Super Bowl that then okay. sends you over to the internet for a full trailer. Or maybe mm-hmm. they just, you know, really break the bank. I mean, they've already dumped an extra seventy million dollars or more into it. Maybe they just add the extra five and do like a full trailer. Um, oh, yeah. you know, between the first and second quarter of the Super Bowl or something. Oh yeah, for sure. I forgot that that was next week. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, because I said that before. I was like, yeah, they'll probably do it then. They'll for- yeah. I, I was like, yeah, they'll for sure do one for HBO Max, and they'll probably for sure do a Snyder Cut one because why not? Like sure. they need people to be subscribing to HBO Max, and this, like you said, the Snyder Cut for the longest time was their big pull. That was their big thing. Like. Oh. So yeah, that would, that makes total sense. So yeah, I I, I totally agree because that would be on Sunday as well. Like I said, I said next Sunday, even without thinking about it, I was like, maybe it will be next Sunday. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense for sure. I'm with you there. So I just hope yep. we get new footage though. That's all I want. You think you think when we get this trailer though, you think there's actually going to be anything like new in it, or you think it's going to be more more of the same? God, I would hope so. I mean, I I I think we'll get some of the shots that we've already gotten. Um, but when you're talking about a movie that has, I mean, they're speculating. I mean, all the speculation has been what? That there's at least two and a half hours of unseen, unused new footage um, mm-hmm. that's available. Like, come on, you, you got to be able to cobble a minute's worth of that out of out of that two and a half hours and, and stick it into what existing footage is already out there um, and give us something a little different. Give us a little different flavor of what to expect. Oh, yeah. You would think they would have to have plenty that they could choose from with this coming out in two months. Most of it's got to be done. Yeah. Like, it's crazy because the only thing that I'll and- give them is like that flash scene where he breaks through the window that was cut from Justice League when he breaks through the window to save Iris. They never yeah. finished the CG to that. So that is the only, if you want to be technical, new shot we've gotten because they had finished the CG and they have released that. But again, yeah, we still had seen that shot. <laughs> like, well, and the other the other thing that it has going for it is, as we just talked about, you know, a lot of people out there, especially especially the people that are, you know, w- that were pushing for the Snyder Cut for so long, have a pretty. I would I would guess that ninety percent or more of them have a good idea of what the Snyder Cut entails. They weren't just pushing for it because you know. They just that they, they heard all the stories about what it entails and what was involved with it. And so and plus, you've got, you know, the Justice League movie that's out there. So you already have at least the, the structure or the framework um, mm-hmm. of what Snyder's cut was before Joss got his hands on it. And so, you know, it's not like they're hiding big reveals. Now, maybe they are a giant reveal that nobody knows. And it, somehow over the past, you know, five or six years has has gone unearthed. Um, but maybe there's some big reveal they're hiding, in, which is why we're not getting a ton of new footage. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine why else they wouldn't release at least some new footage. I'm surprised, dude, by the way, you know, what would be a good thing, like a kind of a cool thing for them to drop, dude, your camera froze, by the way. Um, since we've already seen the essence of that, uh, uh, that the flashback, a battle between Steppenwolf and the Amazonians and all that. Just drop that with Darkseid's 
in it because that's how it's going to be in the movie. Just drop that scene, like a couple yeah. shots from that scene, like because like that would get the point across, dude. Just like a how sure because it's because again that's not something that's spoiled. Like that's already been announced. Zach has said himself the pictures of that have come out of Dark Side have only been him in that one scene. So like, dude, just drop that. That could be your marketing for the movie. Just drop that scene, but mm-hmm. with Dark Side in it, like it's supposed to be. That's your trailer, dude. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a pretty good trailer, and I'd love to see. It. I'm that's one of the things I'm actually most excited for is actually just to see. Even though I've already seen the scene, it's just gonna be like I get to look at it for one how it was originally intended, and for two with with my boy Darkside in it. Like, yeah, Uxus because he's still Uxus at that point in time. Whatever, it's the same goddamn thing, same guy. It's like <laughs> saying it's Clark Kent, and not Superman. It's the same yeah. thing. Like, it's the same thing. But anyways. Guys, what do you think about these posters here? Do you think uh, you think we're getting that trailer come Sunday on the Super Bowl? I know it's not a big deal elsewhere, and it's not real football overseas, but at the same time, this is American Hollywood production. The Super Bowl is a real big deal here in America. It's the most viewed program like ever. Like, every year, it's the most viewed. It's a perfect place to do it. When HBO needs to get their subscribers in, this would be a perfect time for them to drop the trailer for this and then to drop more just... HBO, HBO, HBO stuff out there. So whatever you guys think, let us know down in the comments section below. All right, guys. So our next topic here is a two-parter, which I'm I'm excited for one of them in particular here. And it's um we've got some new details on a second quote unquote prequel series for Game of Thrones coming out, and a Game of Thrones animated series of some sort being in the works. And I'm more excited about the former there because the proposed prequel that they're doing is tales of duncan egg and if if you haven't read like the source material for sir duncan the tall and egg uh which is uh egg on uh, it's great like egg on targaryen rather it's like kid egg on it's great it's great stuff man it's I, I love these books these are one of the few books that like i've actually like i technically didn't read them i audio booked them if i'm going to be honest but either way they're like, I love them. Because I'm not the biggest, like, I, li- I like a lot of Star Wars books. I'm not the biggest reader out there. Like, I don't really like, I like sitting down and reading. I- I'm more of an active kind. Of, I got to do stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, but I love audiobooks. Because it's a great, it's a great middle ground for me. Because I can still do things while listening to them. I- it's like, I've always had trouble sitting down and just reading a book. Because, like, I, I got ADHD. Like, I got to be doing something. Like, <laughs> and-, and if I'm reading a book, that's not enough. Like, I, I-, I- my mind just... I got to be doing something, but the, I loved these uh, the, the the tales of Duncan Egg, if you will. They're great stories, and people have been like pretty much pining and suggesting that they should back when Game of Thrones was on, still like before the fallout with half the fandom, with you know how the series ended. Um, everybody was saying like you know just do it, do do Duncan Egg, dude, do Duncan Egg. And it looks like they're gonna finally do Duncan Egg. And like I was telling, like I was telling John off, off off camera that like it makes so much more sense for them to do something in regards to Duncan Egg because like just like the original Game of Thrones series, all of the content is like there. Like you, you literally can just adapt what already exists. It, it, sure, it's not gonna be um, Benioff and Weiss doing it or anything. Who was like really good at adapting the the original books and everything, but. It's just it's already there, you know what I mean. With this, um, with the other one that they're actually have greenlit already, the uh, what is it? The 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 blood, the dragon. What's it called? 
Yeah, the prequel. It's called uh, like Fire and Blood, or what is it called? What are they calling it? House oh. of Blood. It's yeah, about the house, Targaryens. House of yeah, it's yeah. Not, I forget what it's even called right now. I think it says on the other article, just so I'm not like sound like an idiot. I just can't remember what they keep trying to call this thing. But either way, like that story for what they're doing there with Targaryens, like technically speaking, isn't done. Like the the excerpts that they're going off of, the actual source material that they're going off of for that series is from the book Fire and Blood, and that is more of like it's more similar to like the Similarian for for Lord of the Rings. Like it's just like a group of like information about specific events as opposed to a story the Dunkin' egg stuff that pre-exists right now in book form is literally stories like pretty much scripted stories like they're they're there the content is there for the fire and blood thing or whatever they're doing whatever they're calling the damn show for house the, of the dragon house of the dragon there it is yeah that's based on the fire and blood stuff in that book and that isn't scripted stuff that's like someone that's pretty much exposition dumping the whole thing like for the most part that's what that is so it's they have to develop a hell of a lot more for that show than they do for Dunkin' egg and Dunkin' egg is great stuff so like i'm really excited to see that and with this we, there's still very little information on whether or not this uh animated series thing is even going to happen and my thoughts between just the announce of the announcement of the Dunkin' Egg prequel being in development, then they're wanting to do this animated series in development. All this is is HBO desperate, desperately trying to get back that fifty-one percent of subscribers they lost when Game of Thrones ended. Like, <laughs> which they should have had this animated thing ready to drop as soon as Game of Thrones ended. They knew how impactful Game of Thrones was to their subscriber count because they knew what their subscribers were prior to Game of Thrones and they saw where it was at during Game of Thrones. So for them to yep. be surprised about it now, you shouldn't be. Like, I don't, they, they, they had all the data they needed. Like, they should have known well in advance, like, we really need to have something Game of Thrones related available, like, right when this drops. Like, I mm -hmm. mean, it's, I'm sure I'm not going to like blame them because like losing 51% of like your target targeted demographic of subscribers, no one probably would have ever predicted that by any means. But at the same time, it's like you have a little foresight. Like, I don't know. It's the most popular television franchise literally like ever in existence. Maybe have something to follow that up immediately. But that's just me. Oh, and you know, I mean, there's. Uh, it's debatable. I, I think it's debatable as to how well a animated series would have held the audience for it. I definitely would have held some. I mainly um, bring that up because it would have been easy for them to have out. Oh, definitely. No, yeah. no, I, I agree with you. I agree. If they could have tied it in some way that enticed people to give in it. An, an, I can't say that. It's a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. An animated series, a, a try, then yeah, then that would have, I, I think it, it, it could have worked. I just, I just... I think the bigger thing is like, like you were saying, like, how did they not anticipate what was going to happen? I'm sure that they had numbers and trends showing that every time a season of Game of Thrones ended, oh, yeah. subscribers dropped off by X numbers or X mm -hmm. percentage. And to think that when the series ended, that people might, you know, jump off at an even greater clip is not, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. No, yeah, especially when, like, they, they, they have all that. They have those analytics. That's, like, readily available information. Like, sure. Uh, so I'm just more, 
again though we were kind of joking like off camera like this is this is like warner brothers who doesn't seem to have the best track record when it comes to planning things if you want to look at the dc universe as, a, as an example and i love warner brothers they got some great content hbo's got some great content I don't know about their management though. It hasn't been super yeah. super well executed. Not that I could do any better. Like obviously, I'm not saying that. I'm just this, I'm just a third party observer here. Like, but yeah, I just feel like you could have so, a little foresight. <laughs> I think all of this is you know all this also. I think uh, we've talked about before, but is I think Warner Brothers is has been kind of in disarray ever since it was first mentioned that AT and T was going to buy them. And I think you know I think that. They're, I think that they've been, I don't know what the right, what right word is, managing, they've been managing or they've been green lighting, they've been, they've been running their company scared. Those that are in charge have been running the company scared ever since they heard or they first got wind of the fact that AT&T may be purchasing them. And they've been so worried about doing something wrong or giving their new corporate overlords reason to get rid of them. That they just I, I, that they've ended up stumbling and making a bunch of mistakes and 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 providing those same excuses or those same the same rationale to get rid of them that they were trying so desperately to avoid. That's that's purely conjecture on my part. No it just <laughs> I have to I have to come up with something in my head to explain why why almost everything WB does nowadays seems to go off the rail in some form or fashion. There's very few things that they, you look at the history of the company and, and the history of the studio, and it's been so good. They've produced so many wonderful and excellent, not just, not just individual programs, but series as a whole, they've done films and TV and so much good. And you just look at the past five years and you go, what in the world is going on over there? So yeah, it's a big question mark. It is just like, well, what happened? Who's running that show? And like to your point, that's when the AT and T stuff happened. This has been yeah. in the last five years, so I'm sure it's had an effect. Whether or not it's like the effect, who knows? But it definitely hasn't. Sure, definitely hasn't helped anything. I guess like who's to say though? It could just be. I don't know. I just go back to the whole debacle with Justice League when it came out, and like the movie wasn't ready to come out, and it literally got pushed and forced to come out in December just so the people uh, in the corporate boardrooms got their bonus. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason that movie came out in December in 2016 was because it needed to come out before the end of the year so that they got their bonuses. Yeah. It didn't matter if the movie was good. They knew the movie wasn't good. Everybody knew it once they saw the movie. It wasn't good. But they got their bonuses out of it, so that's all that really yep. mattered. Then half of them got fired because that's when the AT&T shit happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is why they needed their bonuses, because they knew they were going to lose their jobs come the first of the year. Yeah. So, to your point, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like That's when kind of when a lot of very notable things got derailed. So, But hopefully, as far as HBO goes, they've always been like really good as far as content goes, and they don't have as much as the... I don't know, publicized drama that WB and like DC has really had. Maybe because it's arguably not as like popular in the fandom as like DC is. DC is a big thing. So like obviously it's going to be under a lot more scrutiny. But I mean, HBO has always been like the king of content, really. So I'm hoping they can get back to get back to that. And I loved Game of Thrones. I mean, I wasn't, I thought the ending was rushed and everything, but that was like my, that was my favorite show for the longest time. So I'm excited. Do you, do you think, uh, just 
I mean, this is again more pure speculation, but do you think that an animated series and a couple new do you think the do you think these prequel the prequel series that they're doing, House of Dragon and this other series that they may do and and if they do an animated do you think that's enough to get the fandom back? Um do you think it'll ever reach the heights that it re- it reached, you know, when you're talking like the Red Wedding and, and those types mm-hmm. of, you know, I mean, that, that show was so, the, it, it permeated every corner of, of the social consciousness and it was just everywhere. I, I just, I don't know if the ending and, and the time that's passed since have, has soured people on the franchise. To be fair, I also felt that same way about Star Wars and you've seen what having a excellent series in the Mandalorian has done to rejuvenate and revitalize that fandom and that series. So I mean, I'm answering my own question. That was going to be my answer. Star Wars was going to be my example, like literally, because I was going to say something along the lines of you could be looking at a prequel situation, like the Star Mm -hmm. Wars prequels to where, at, there was like a big surge up front of just people being excited that it's back. And then mm-hmm. it, at, from that point on, it's going to be whether or not it's good. And like, and that's, I mean, like all things. And then, I mean, elsewise, as long as it is good, it, it can it will have the Mandalorian effect on it because even though the yeah. fandom is so divided, like star Wars has been over the last couple of years, you get that one piece of content that can essentially unite the fandom. That one piece that both the left and the right of the star Wars out there can just both come and acknowledge its greatness in some way, then yes, yeah. it will be successful. The, the animated one's a little bit more niche though. Like his animation is always a bit more niche, but it really just depends. Cause I mean, you have these, these other oddballs out there like a Pixar who can pretty much crap out gold, you know, despite there being a constant, they're just an animation studio. Whereas, yeah. you know, you have, these other animation studios that don't hit those heights. So it's kind of up in the air with the animated. Like I'm even on the fence about the animated one because like, again, there's no information on it. I love the lore behind the whole game of Thrones world. So like, I will watch it. Like, I don't like, I'm, I'm not split on it. That's just like, dude, with the star Wars thing, like, I don't care. Like, I didn't like the last Jedi or rise of Skywalker, but I'm still going to watch anything you put that label on. I don't care. I like the stuff. Like, I like the lore. And I'll hold out in hopes that it's going to be, you know, something as good as the original trilogy or the Mandalorian or anything that I, or the Old Republic. I'm willing to give it all a shot, you know? Like, because it's, it's, so I hope people do the same. I think most people probably do the same. But there's always that, you know, that other group out there who's just, once they decide that hating it is cool, they're always going to hate it. Kind of like the prequels. Like, yeah. even people now still hate the prequels. It just doesn't matter. They've always hated them. They're going to hate them, which is fine. You're totally loud, but this yeah. is what it is. So. I, my my biggest uh, my biggest fear with with uh, Game of Thrones specifically is that kind of like Star Wars. At least you had the initial. You had the original trilogy which you know most people came away from loving and that's where their fandom has has its roots in and where it started and so you have that baseline and then and then yeah you have some dips and stuff but it it always goes back to that initial first set of 
so that initial story and then and everybody seemed to love it and and it became a part of their a part of them um game of thrones because it ended on such a divisive in such a divisive way i wonder walked away i and by some people i mean me specifically <laughs> um i you know i have this i i, I have this because I did, I love that series so much. I, I can't, I can't count the number of people I told either in my job or, um, in my family or friends, like you got to watch game of Thrones. Like I know it's fantasy. I know it's not tip- your typical thing, but you got to give it, get, just give it a try. Watch mm-hmm. the first season. If you don't like it, like, all right, I'm sorry. I wasted a few hours of your life, but like, you got to give it a try. And then by the, by the time we got to the ending, I was like, Man, I wasted like many hours of not only other people's lives, my own life, because I was so disheartened by the way it ended. Um, I hear you. And I want, I want, I want it back. I want, I want to be in that world, and I want to be in it when it was good and when I really liked it. And so I'm, I'm curious if uh, if it can, if they can get it back. The only thing I would say to that is, and what I, what I tell most people because I know what I can kind of equate to that scenario is like people worried about reboots and they're always like, oh, but it's going to ruin the original. If they remake it, it's like, you know what? No, it doesn't. Because even though you didn't like how it ended, it doesn't change the fact that there was all that good stuff that you loved leading up to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, all that stuff still there. The first six seasons, you know, it was all good. It was just the, it was just the last couple episodes that were bad, you know, like yeah. for most people. So the show is still, as a whole, an excellent television show, if not the best ever made. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't take away from it just because, like, it got rushed. And I'm going to be the first to admit, I'm not a, I guess I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I love Game of Thrones. I, I, I love the lore. I did not hate it. Like, I, just, I, thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like, the ending was fine. It was just rushed. Like, the, what they did... I don't have a problem with it's how they did it that I have a problem with. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just like, you, it, it was just like Christopher Nolan said, man, you go to bed working for the best, you know, production company and you wake up working for the worst streaming service It's the same concept with game of Thrones. It's like, you go to bed and Daenerys is great. And then you wake up and she's Cersei. Like it was that quick. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was like things like that were just like, it was not a left field. It was just the way they fucking introduced everything and just made it happen. It was just like, she went to bed, a good guy and woke up a bad guy. (laughs) Like, like it was like, okay, you had years and years and years to build up to it. And you, you put the little pepperings in there every once in a while, but you never leaned into it to this degree until all of a sudden, like, I don't know story for another time i'm excited for the shows though because i love game of thrones god damn it i just hope it's good but like you i hope they have and which is another reason i was kind of saying like it kind of went off the rails when dan and dave didn't have the like the actual source material there so that's why i was like with duncan egg the source material is there and the source material is what is really good and it's like we kind of saw with evidence that once anyone had to deviate from that source material to the degree of like Dan and Dave, even when they didn't have the books there anymore to guide them, the show suffered like it straight yeah. up suffered. It wasn't as good as it was before. So yeah. because everything George R. R. Martin wrote in those damn books is great. It's gold. 
Like, so when you adapt that, it will work. When you deviate from it, yeah, it could still be great. There's plenty of adaptations that are great, but that's just the only, that's, that's what I'm worried about is that situation again. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. I'm excited for it though. So question is guys, what do you think? Are you excited about the game? Are you excited about the animated series for one? Do you think that'll work? And what kind of animation style do you think they're actually going to do with that? Because HBO has had some weird, weird relationships. I mean, you had the animated spawn TV series from back in the day, which was great, but it was, you know, very 2d, almost anime style, you know, thing going on. And then like, they haven't really had anything with, at least that I can remember you're more, I don't know, popularized 3D animation. They really had anything like that. So do you think they're going to go that route? And are you excited for the Dunkin' Egg thing? Because I really, I really hope that comes to fruition because that stuff is awesome. If you haven't checked out those books, go and check those out. The books with uh, Sir Duncan the Tall and Egg. And the, those are great books. So go check it out and let us know what you think down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our penultimate topic here before we get into our WandaVision episode four spoiler discussion here is another HBO story, another Warner Brothers kind of story because they are... This kind of goes in line with what I was just saying about the Game of Thrones thing, where, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, not, to no fault of their own, they are desperately in, I mean, they're desperately trying in, in, in this way, but they're, they're, they're needing as well. They are needing something to bring subscribers into to HBO Max, because they are trailing behind. They're, like, arguably got the best content out there, and they can't muster up half the subscriber base is like Disney Plus has. And I've said it I've said it before, I've said it a million times. Disney Plus has come within a stone's throw away of a subscriber count as um, Netflix with one show. Now they have two shows. But they did it all with Mandalorian before. And HBO Max, man, like they've just been... I, mean, I don't know. Story for another day. I don't need to get into the HBO Max problems again. But what they're doing now is they're they're in talks here to bring a Harry Potter series into development. And there's this is this is a great move by them, but it does bring a lot of questions like um from me. Like one, and I I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because we haven't talked about this at all. Um uh, for one, are you a fan of the Harry Potter stuff? Like I think you said you haven't really seen them or is that my thinking of someone else? No, no, you're thinking of me. So I, I love the Harry Potter books. Um I I I I've read them a couple times each. Um and as somebody that doesn't read a lot of uh, prose, doesn't read a lot of graph or a lot of novels, um, I read. I mainly keep my reading to my graphic novels. Um, it, that's a big deal to to have spent that much time in, in regular yeah. novels. Um, so yeah, I absolutely loved them. I watched the first Harry Potter movie. I thought it was okay. I've fallen asleep three different times on the second Harry Potter movie. Mm. And I gave up. I gave up trying to watch the movies. I've been told by virtually everyone that's a Harry Potter fan to just skip the first two movies and start with three because they get really, really good. Um, but I, my, my, I guess it's my OCD just won't let me. It's like, you got to make it. You got to watch them. You got to watch them in order. You can't just go skipping a movie just because it's, you know, deadly boring but um well since you read the it, books you kind of get a pass on that in some ways so you could jump into the true. third one yeah you'd know what was going on it would work yeah 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 I, I, yeah we'll see we'll see i they well <laughs> we this is part of i think what you were going to get into but 
with my HBO Max subscription, I kind of like the idea that, you know, I, I would have access to the Harry Potter movies and be able to mm -hmm. watch them kind of at my leisure should I decide to jump back in. Um, but when we started talking about this, well, go ahead and you tell them. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the, the next part of it, because well, uh, with HBO Max is actually losing the uh just much like they lost a lot of their dc content as soon as they dropped it even if you remember they were pushing and all their advertisements and their marketing initially for hbo max they were using dc as a, a a huge tool and all the promotional material for it like oh you come here for all the dc content blah 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 even though they had dc universe at the time another this big misstep by them but now uh, the, the the harry potter stuff is going to be leaving hbo max to go to Peacock until 2025. So a pretty long time. It's not going to be leaving. It's gone. Like I went oh, to go look already? it up when we talked. Yeah. When we, when we were talking Jesus. about this, I was like, yeah, let me go. Let me go pull up my HBO max subscription because I you need to add those movies. I should probably get caught up and it's gone. Like it's not even on there right now. So, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, this yeah. article even was written back in August. So I don't know when it all left, but this article I have pulled up here is back from August. Yeah. They, they yeah. left on August 25th. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, dude. That's insane. But again, this is why <laughs> they're talking about bringing the Harry Potter series back because it's the biggest misstep that HBO Max has had, man, has been their marketing, in all honesty, and the fact that they launched the thing so quick that they had all these deals already in place, like this Harry Potter deal was already in place with Universal that they were going to be, you know, having the exclusive rights for their Harry Potter franchise until 2025. Why on... 2025? Like, yeah. th that's insane to me. I mean, we're talking... It's tw it's ju we just started 2021. I mean, we've got another four years before HBO Max gets arguably one of their top five series back on their streaming platform. Mm -hmm. That's I, just insane. Which is why they're going to try to pump out a series for sure. But with that, with this, this, is gonna be, this is interesting. Uh, uh, since you haven't really seen the movies, my main thing with this was... Is it, are they even going to try? Is it possible for them to even like get the original cast back for this series? Is this even gonna be? Is this gonna be a sequel series? Is it gonna be a retelling of every of the books? Like, because I mean, the books, and we've seen with like tons of like adaptations, especially from like long series like Game of Thrones, for instance. They're suited very well for television if done right. Like Game of Thrones was sure. an adaptation of, you know, four or five books or whatever it was at the time. And it worked out great until the books were gone. And are they just going to do that? Are they just going to retell it? Are they going to have, um, what's her name? The writer. JK. Yeah, they're going to have JK Rowling actually produce sequel content continuing on. Yep. Because I know a lot of people, as soon as the Harry Potter like series ended and the movies along with it, they wanted to see what was going on with Harry and his kids and his Weasley wife. I can't remember her name. Been a while since I've watched these movies. Like they wanted to see that stuff. Sure. Um, well, and, and, it, and she did the, um, that I think it's child a book or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a book, but it's written in the form of like a, a play. Like you, mm -hmm. uh, you can actually, 
It's got all the different characters and lines and scene settings and stuff um, written out like a play. So there is that out there, and I don't know if they would try and expand upon that. Um, but then you also have to you have to decide if you're going to go that route. Are you okay recasting? Because you, like you said, are they going to be? Would they be able to bring that entire cast back together? Um, who knows? No, I, I, for me, I, I'd be. It's weird. I'm not the biggest like Potterhead, as they call him. Which I mean, honestly, guys, that's not the greatest name for your fandom. It's such a weird name, and I like Harry Potter a lot. I just never like liked the term Potterhead to begin with. Like side note on that, um, but I'm not one. What I really like, cool? do what is it too Pothead? Is it no? Because <laughs> like, but uh, I went to high school and like I was, I was I'm fine with that. Like I don't care about that. It's just the name of it in general. Just like it doesn't flow off the tongue. Like I don't need to, your cam froze. I tried to unfreeze you. I was thinking maybe it was Discord. If I just like redo it, it'll just pop you back up. But it didn't work. Um, I I just a dumb name, Potterhead. Like maybe that's why. Yeah. Is it a play on Pothead? Because I guess if it is a play on Pothead. Then maybe it makes I, more sense, and I can get on board. That was the first thing I thought. The first thing I thought was there was just a clever like, "Hey, we're not potheads, we're Potterheads, or something." Like, okay, well, know, if, if, if if I'm just being an old man, and like that's always been the intent, and it just went over my head, then it's okay. <laughs> then it's an okay thing. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll accept it. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's allowed. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's it's more clever than I thought it was at the very least. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I just thought it sounded stupid for everything. Like you didn't hear like Marvel people just like I'm a Marvel head. You know what I mean? It was just like well, it's kind of Harry 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 head is a just a weird. It's just too like, true, right? Just like I'm a Harry. Yeah, head. <laughs> like, of course. Right. Yeah. My uh, with that though, like I'm good if they redo it. And just kind of tell it over again. Like, I guess I'm good with that. But I would, like, if I had it my way, I'd rather just kind of see it go on with the original cast. Like, I think that well, would be more compelling. Here's 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 an interesting thing about the Pot Harry Potter series is that because the books came first, a lot of people, and I would venture to say most people, now, I, I should probably shouldn't say most because I don't know how many people the movies brought in that never read the books. But I, I, I will go ahead and say most. Most people had their own preconceived ideas about who these characters were, what they looked like, mm -hmm. what they sounded like prior to the movies coming out. So while Daniel Radcliffe and who are the other characters? Emma uh, Watson. Actors, well, Emma Watson, yeah. While, while they... While they embodied the roles for a lot of people, a lot of they they may they may not have been exactly who they had in their head. So recasting those roles maybe isn't as difficult as something like, you know, Star Wars, where you know the first time you meet those characters, they're being embodied by an actor, and so that's you immediately associate all the characteristics and physical attributes with those characters with the actors portraying them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I I do know. I mean. At the very least, Harry Potter was a hugely successful financial fran like financial franchise for them. The, the the God, I think both. I'm trying to think. I I, I just read the numbers for it. I want to say like between all of them, they I think it was about four or five billion dollars. So mm -hmm. like pretty good. There's six movies if I'm remembering correctly. So like 
Not eight, I believe. Was there eight? Because there's seven. There's seven books, and they split the last book into two. The two, yeah. God, yeah. I felt like there was only five or six books, and then like the I thought there were five books, six movies. I don't know. God, it's like a blur, dude. I mean, I was <laughs> I'm as old as Daniel Radcliffe, so when this stuff came out, I was his age. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, jeez, it does seem like a long ass time ago though. Too at the same time, like. Like well, sure. I mean, it was early, out. early 2000, like 2011, 2012 was when the last Deathly Hollows came out, maybe. Man, or I mean, we're almost t- a decade away from it, maybe. I don't remember exactly, but I, I feel, I I feel like seeing it in theaters, though. Quite I, a, I feel that. like it's been quite a while since. Spot on, dude. Well, yeah, 2011. 2011, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we're 10, this, 10 years away. Yeah. And, so, I mean, and we're ten years away from the from the final movie, that, which is yeah. we're even further away from the final book having come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that means the first movie I think well that came out in like two thousand two thousand one or something. Yeah. So I mean it's definitely ten years since the last movies. It's, that's a long enough time to do a reboot or remake, like in in most terms. That's long enough. So I could see them doing the whole. Let's just retell it, and they can tell a lot more mm-hmm. of it in the long form content that you know a TV show would provide. You know, ten episodes per book, you get more out of like each movie. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they didn't cover in the book, so they could cover in the show if they did do the retelling of it. I don't know. If I had it my way, I would like to see a sequel go on, and I think I can't speak for everybody, but I know there is a very large like mo- vocal majority of fans out there that want have wanted to see that go on especially like even just from jk rowling writing about its perspective like i think most people were kind of like why move on with the fantastic beast thing when like we could do this we could continue on with harry like why you know what i mean and i totally understand it too just from like my own personal thing where it's like i'm not really the biggest fan of prequels because you see you know where all the stakes are gone you know exactly where (laughs) it all goes you know what i mean that's like which is kind of like, I mean, it, it kind of depends. Like, I, I will give George Lucas credit for his prequels, the Star Wars prequels, because he initially wrote Star Wars as that. Like, he didn't just make that up after the fact. He he already had all that planned and started with four, five, and six. He, yeah. So I mean, that's just he had to tell it the way he did because he back in the day people weren't very like on board with his plans in the 70s to tell this weird-ass space movie with talking dogs flying spaceships. Being, you know, like, <laughs> people were on board with it. So, like, telling the story of Anakin wasn't really a good time at that point in time. So, yeah, I understand all that. It makes sense. And then, then, then whatever. But the Fantastic Beast things is not really like that. It's like, maybe she had it all planned out, too. I don't know. But the, the, those movies haven't really been as, like, successful even to like the potter fans as the harry potter movies were you know they're not as beloved in any way Mm -hmm. they aren't making half the money as the harry potter series did so like i don't know it's no surprise to me in that regard that they're looking to do something with like the actual harry potter story because if you know it's they're not saying we're gonna make a fantastic beast series or a series set in the wizarding world they explicitly said they are looking to make a harry potter series 
that leaves yeah. you with one of two options, going forward or retelling. So I, I would lean towards retelling. You haven't seen the movies, though. Or I would lean towards actually continuing. You haven't seen the movies. Which one would you rather see there? Just like, let's just start from scratch, give a modern take, or just keep going, do sequel? I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I love the books, and, and I I understand the desire to have more story be told. Um, but I also feel like the books did such a good job of wrapping that story up. I, I fear them going back to that well. And like like The Cursed Child, I haven't read it. Um, and I haven't read it because I'm afraid that like it won't it won't Harry won't be in the place. I'm afraid I'm afraid that I'll have the Star Wars sequel trilogy effect where something about it will ruin the happily ever after that ending that I got with the original series. So that's, that's my hesitation by, of, of them doing a, a sequel, um, a, a sequel series. If they want to retell it, I'm all for that. I, I guess, I guess that's the one I prefer just because I'm not a big fan of the, at least the first two movies and, and maybe they could modernize it or, or do something to draw me in more in a, in a serialized way. Yeah. I mean, the, the, whoever was recommending you starting with the third one is not a bad idea. That is when the movies get good, <laughs> but I okay. actually really liked the first one back in the day too. Like I actually liked that movie directed by Chris Columbus. It was a good movie. Yes. Yep. It was a, it was a good movie. It was kind of, <laughs> the chess scene was kind of lackadaisical, but I don't know. It was good. It was good. I like, I like, I like the movies. Honestly, they're good. I think they're fine. No, I'd like to see him go on with it, but I totally see like uh, there's always something worth telling. You know the story for like the new generation. Like I said, it's been ten years, so yeah. I definitely could see either or being on the table right now. So we'll just have to wait and see. Question is, guys, what do you think about this? Or do, is it no surprise to you that HBO and Warner Brothers is going to try to you know use one of their more popular franchises, especially one that they don't even have available to them right now to even put their original franchise on HBO Max? Do you think it comes as no surprise that they're looking to develop a series set in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? And do you want them to do a retelling of Harry Potter or continue on, have J.K. come on and write some new scripts for them to actually go on and tell the story of Harry and all them after the fact? Let us know down in the comment section below. All right, guys, so our final topic here today is our WandaVision Episode 4 spoiler discussion, and we're going to get right into it. So, John... Uh, as we kind of said, and you kind of mentioned off the top of the show, <clears throat> this one was definitely the one, I don't know, even I even said, this was our exposition dump. This was where we got a lot of our answers. A lot of the questions that everyone's been having, like just literally everyone, were, were honestly <laughs> being asked by the, some people in the show. Like the exact questions that oh, yeah. fans have been speculating. Old Jimmy Woo, I think his name is Jimmy Woo, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was him. He's jotting them down on the board and everything. So and I and I really liked that. I thought that was good. That was nice. Oh yeah, touch. very clever. Yep. And then I even liked the little wink and nod where Jimmy Woo again is like, "Wait, so someone made a sitcom with two Avengers in it?" Like it was also <laughs> like kind of like I felt like it was a wink and nod to, to sure. just like to the camera and everything. So that was good. It. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I, I love this episode overall, personally. I thought it was good. Like, if anything, dude, the only thing that's, like, bothering me now is the whole Mandalorian effect of it all to where I'm like, 
that's it? Like just the thirty minutes of it? Like this oh, yeah. be longer. Like and Definitely. I I really felt it on this one. I feel like it almost worked for the sitcom episodes because sitcoms were like twenty two minutes long. So sure. like I didn't really feel that. And maybe because I wasn't like as into the sitcom ones as I was. I said from the start, I I just hope they don't spend too much time in sitcom world because even if I love sitcom world, because I love sitcoms, I just, I, I love the MCU and I want to see what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which kind of leads into like kind of what I was saying last week where I was like, I don't think they can wait too long to like give people the information. And I thought it was really good for them and it made sense for them to drop both for episode one and two right away and then have mm-hmm. one. Because I just felt like if you were waiting three, four weeks to finally get this, it, people may have gotten tired. So like, I think it yeah. was a good idea for them to do it. Well, technically, it was episodes one and two. You can almost consider that one. like Since it did come out the same day together, mm-hmm. I know technically they're broken apart. But I think most people will probably watch them back to back. So it was oh, yeah. it was basically like one longer-ish episode. But it's funny. This episode was great. And there were, there were, there were moments in this episode that I absolutely loved. And there are things about this episode that I loved. But... I didn't like it as much as I like on the whole. I didn't like it as much as I like the other ones. It's funny. I'm, really? I think I'm for, for whatever reason, I think I'm completely opposite of a lot of people when it comes to this series, because I was all on board for the sitcom stuff and to not have any trace of that in this episode just kind of felt, I mean, it, it, it purposely. So I'm sure because it, the title, the episode title is, pardon the interruption or or something or we interrupt this program we interrupt this program exactly okay so thanks yeah but if and it felt like well hey i was really like i was liking the slow reveals i was liking the the way they were kind of building stuff and the and the other thing and then you know the the program interruption happens so um but still it it doesn't oh it made sense oh yeah it makes perfect sense um, and like you said, I think, I, again, Kevin Feige is, you know, to not to, I guess, to steal Ben Affleck's phrasing is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he and the people that work with him or for him or whatever, or however they consider themselves, um, they just they have such a great knack for it because I think they pushed it as far as the public could go. I think they the, the general audience, I think they they said, look, we've got about two episodes in us before people start like going, we want to know what's going on or we're not, or or we're going to tune into something else, or I don't want to stick around for this. Um, And that felt like to me, kind of the general tone of message boards and the internet and social media posts over the past week was, okay, the show's good for the most part. I like it well enough, but I really want to know what's going on. I'm kind of, they need to do something soon. And sure enough, without missing a beat, we get the episode that, that dives full in on the MCU and what, where this is taking place and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. I feel like for any of like the naysayers out there, cause not that like you're like wrong for not liking it. Cause like everybody to each their own. Right. And it's, it's it doesn't matter. Um, like I feel like this episode wouldn't have had the impact that it had, had we not had those three episodes. You know what I mean? Like, if they weren't set up that way, if it's like if the show just started with this, it'd be boring. Like, the the show wouldn't have worked. Like, if if the show started with Monica first going back to 
the to sword and then going and seeing Jimmy. If those, if that, if that whole segment, if the first, you know, 15 minutes of this episode had been the first 15 episodes, first 15 minutes of the series. Mm. Yeah. You lose all that entry. You lose all that, you know, kind of guessing and, and, and the, and the fun. I mean, part of me really enjoys the fun of going, trying to piece it together myself and figure out, you know, as much as I, I also dread it too, because I'm afraid I'll put together a better story in my head or something that I want in my head that never gets fulfilled. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead there. I think you were kind of on the same track. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like I was just saying, yeah, like, no, by all means, I, uh, I, I, I just to your point with everyone out there, I feel like, again, had they gone and not released the two episodes at once, you would have had those people like tuning out. Because then right yeah. now, this would be the week that we got uh, episode three. Last week's, yeah. yeah. So, and like, so that would have been, born. yeah. And so that would have been three weeks worth. Because my only gripe with, uh, I don't like those episodes as much as you did, but I didn't dislike them. But the one gripe I had with them was that we were not getting reveals at all. Yeah. They were the same thing being revealed in a different way each episode you know what i mean it wasn't really like mm-hmm. new information kind of like the snyder cut trailer it's not really new information it's just being cut in different ways like yep which is like that was my only gripe like had we gotten actually like if it was one scene of something completely new i would have been perfectly fine and had no, no complaints it was just like oh it's a sword logo oh it's a sword logo again <laughs> look at that it's another sword logo like it's all it was like every time we, we get it we get it swords involved somehow. yeah i was just like great but but what I, I need just like one more thing than that would have been fine but otherwise though i loved them regardless and i really liked the look at the utter chaos of the undusting or the, yeah. you know what i mean like that was because you gotta imagine we just saw like a small you know blip of it right because they call it the blip they call it the blip i don't like that i just like yeah it's the snap right the snap it was the snap or the dusting like one of the two yeah they i get why they call it the blip for like that moment in time where nobody when everyone was gone like that Mm -hmm. being the blip like so that five-year period is the blip but like the actual event should be referred to as the snap like that's yeah that's what it is but anyway, I guess I guess I guess from the general public's standpoint, unless the Avengers went back and told them, they don't know that it was a snap that caused it. That's fair. it just happened to them. So that is totally fair. maybe that's maybe that's the thinking, the rationale mm-hmm. behind why they don't refer to it as the snap. That's that's a good point. That's honestly a really good point. Yeah, because no nobody would know, and then half the people that do know, they got dusted. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I, no one was there to really tell them at that point. Um, yeah. But it was just good to see, because um, we didn't really see it. Um, like uh, like far from home was the first we got of anything of it, right? Like of anything sure. like post that, and like people coming back and yeah. different ages. Yeah, yep. but you didn't see it like actually happen because, like, with uh, yep. Monica Rambo literally like undusting in the hospital mm-hmm. room she was in, and then like everybody else in that hospital was undusting, and everyone's running around because you got to think being in the situation where all these people are just like spontaneously reappearing, and like her, she's like, "Where's my mom? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, like," and it's like she died three years ago. Like, <laughs> what you, yeah, you know, what I mean, it's just like would have been a terrible time. To be around just for the paperwork. 
I saw a um, this is is kind of but I a little divert diversion here, but um, I saw a uh, somebody sent me a tweet that somebody had posted that said that the scene where Captain Marvel comes in and just starts unloading on Thanos in Endgame takes on a whole new meaning now that you know that yeah. her best friend's daughter that she was so close with was one of the ones lost. And not only that, but her attempt to bring her back didn't happen in time for her friend, for her friend who, who passed away. Her friend never got to see her daughter again because she passed mm-hmm. away in the, in, t- in the meantime. And that, that scene takes on a whole new level of relevance. Um, because be knowing that, knowing that she was part of that. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, I don't know if they knew that going into it, but it definitely, it does add more weight to Carol Danvers being like, let's go kill Thanos. Like, yeah. And there's, and there's, um, there's even, uh, Carol Danvers voiceover in that opening segment when she's walking through the hospital and they've got kind of various voices going on. And it's almost like she's remembering Carol's words or something, Mm -hmm. um, which ties it in even a little bit more to that. So. Yeah, and then they even show uh, Maria Rambo when they go to the sword place. They had her plaque on yep. the wall and everything, and then they say that uh, she pretty much created sword or like built the, the organization yep. or something, which is a nice little touch too. Um, yep, because that was always a character that like we never really knew if we were going to see again because we don't know when Captain Marvel Two is going to take place, mm-hmm. and we knew like Monica was going to be in it, but like obviously it's a completely different person playing her. I mean, it was just a little kid in uh, Captain Marvel, so. That was good stuff, but then did I? I uh, I didn't notice this. Like I noticed it because everyone on the internet was talking about it. But when our boy Jimmy Woo comes in, because I, I love that dude, man. Asian Jim, he'll always be Asian Jim to me. Like no matter what he does, <laughs> that's like, right. like that's, yep. that's like one of my favorite bits, dude. It's just so funny. It's so stupid, but it's so funny. Yeah, um, worked so well. It was so good. But uh, he comes in and he does the card trick from Ant Man that Scott was yep. teaching him. I totally missed it when it happened, and but yep. like I know, like looking back on it, like oh yeah, that was that fucking that was that card trick. That's yeah, so that was just a nice touch. So I need to go back and rewatch it, knowing it, like because I totally just like and when it happened, just oh, kept yeah. watching the mo- the show, like didn't even think about it. So that was that was good stuff. That was a nice nice callback. touch. Definitely yep. a nice touch. Because then, you know, he learned it. You know, it shows yep. character growth, man. Like, it's good. To, yep. It's a little thing like that, <laughs> man. Um, um, I, real quick, before we yeah. jump into the next part, too, I just want to make a note that um, Marvel played played a little loose with their SWORD acronym. Um, those, those that have read the comics know it as the Sentient World Observation and Response Department. And Marvel or Marvel Studios has swapped two words out to make it the sentient weapon observation response division. So mm-hmm. you, instead of world, you've got weapon. Instead of department, you've got division. Department and division are kind of interchangeable. Yeah. But I think that world and weapon is a is a distinct uh, change that that allows because because before, like we had talked about, it was mainly looking. Sword looked at just extraterrestrial threats. Yeah, uh, by changing it up, to what? Yeah, by changing it to weapon, we're we're able to put him back on terra firma here. Yeah, and it explains it actually 
it, it goes along with the current state of the MCU too, because of the whole Shield fiasco that happened in Winter Soldier. Yeah, because you know right. Shield's essentially been disbanded. So, yep. and my assumption is that Sword really became predominant post with Shield and Hydra and all that stuff. Sure, and, yep. and it, it makes sense on that level. It is kind of misleading. Yeah, that's though, a good in some call. Ways with uh, the whole Nick Fury thing at the end of Captain Marvel, or was it Far From or Captain Marvel, wherever he had that post credit scene up in the spaceship with Ben Mendelsohn. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like right. everyone just—I don't know if they explicitly said anything about Sword, but everybody assumed since he was on a spaceship that it was Sword related, mm-hmm. and like so, it was a little confusing because now it's like. Maybe that's just Secret War stuff, and he's just hanging out with scrolls, and he has nothing to do with sword. Like that's kind of what I'm guessing now at this point. Yeah, hard to say. But um, what else happened after this? Because then, and then we get Cat Dennings who comes in. It was good to see Cat Dennings. Well, this is yeah, this is where Monica. She it's it's in, it, this part was interesting to me too oh, yeah, because too. Monica. She I don't know if she has some sort of powers that we're not aware of, but she was actually able to see me or maybe it was just the proximity to being that close. She was able to see the the electrical field or the distortion field. And then she actually when she touches it, she doesn't just go in. She actually looks like she gets sucked into it, um, which is an interesting uh, it's it's a small little thing, but it's an interesting choice to have her be sucked into versus her just go through it and then, you know things happened to her. So she was actively pulled into it. And just as she was later on actively expelled from it. I think that's, um, just in, in like an area of effect that it's having on anybody. Okay. Because that's another thing that, uh, we don't really know, uh, cause they first roll up and there are those two beat cops there and they're like, yeah, yeah. this Westview town doesn't exist. And they're <laughs> like, the signs right here. But funny scene. Well, yeah, the funny scene, but that drove me nuts. I wanted one of them to point to the sign and, or, or at least acknowledge, have them acknowledge that there was a sign there and see what they said. Yeah, like how do you but explain that? Like, yeah, because like, like they looked at the sign while they were standing there, but they didn't have yeah. the confrontation with them. Like, what's this? What's uh, yeah? <laughs> can you explain? No Westview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and like, but they do go like, "Where are you from? Eastview," and it's like, yeah, okay. The cars, the the squad car actually says Eastview on it too. It's not just like their memory's been changed or if it has, then um, whatever is going on has affected the outside world physically too. If, Mm -hmm. if that's what's going on because, or maybe there actually is an Eastview and they're just over from Eastview and they don't, they're protecting or whatever. I have no idea, but, but I just found it interesting that they didn't just think they were from Eastview. Their, their squad cars actually said Eastview on them. Right. Well, that's the other thing too, with like, the the memory wipe thing because I didn't really think it was for like them because like what they were saying is like maybe it's the proximity effect of people just like mm-hmm. don't know it's there but but they know it's there so it is like kind of a weird thing that like me I mean it just wasn't answered we don't know but it's weird that's one thing I don't really yeah. have answers for because I feel like a lot of the predictions that I had came to fruition. Like all the people are real in in the town. That that's I've thought that since the ever since the glass broke in that woman's hand, and it, like I, I knew that they were real people. And then the other thing that we got got confirmed was the 
anytime that Wanda breaks character, everyone else starts breaking character around her. That was also mm-hmm. pretty much confirmed, which was another like theory that I had that like we had evidence to it too. It's not like I'm like tooting my own horn. It's just when like the previous episode when she had the babies, she broke character and she was talking to Monica. And like she was talking about Pietro and like the kids and started singing the Sokovian lullaby. And because she was breaking character, Monica Rambeau broke character and like she started remembering things. And then she was like, oh, yeah, your brother was killed by Ultron and stuff. You know, so anytime she breaks character, the whole kind of like spell around the people wears off. Mm-hmm. Which and then now we see how that actually looks from the outside world to the broadcast, you know, because like that's the thing too, which was another thing that's like kind of clever with how they did everything is like what we as the audience are watching, that is exactly what is actually happening in the MCU, which is a nice yeah. little touch. And that's why you can get like the scenes with uh Jimmy Woo and Kat Dennings like talking about like, oh, they made a sitcom with the Avengers, like well, like you know, we have all these like it, I just always like shows that have that kind of like relatability to them. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. not so on the nose as this is, because this is, like, blatant, like, there are people in the exact same situation in the show as the viewer, which doesn't always happen, unless you're, like, Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, you know? Like, then it kind of happens. But, like, I I liked that. Did Did you find it, like, too on the nose, or, like, did you did you like the fact that they were doing that, too? No, I loved it. I, I... I can't find fault with. I mean, when I when I say at the beginning of the episode that I of the this segment that I didn't like it as much, that doesn't. I still loved the episode. I still thought it was a mm. great episode. I I was so happy to see Darcy back. Like I know yeah, a lot of a people, a lot of people give crap to Thor two, uh, the Dark World, and and the you know and, and the original Thor people like, but they don't put it up there in the upper echelon. I loved the first Thor movie. And I really liked the second one mm-hmm. and, and I loved her character in him. I thought she was a very, you know, she brought a lot of humor and wit to the, to the role. And um, so I was super happy that they find, they found a way or they brought her back into it. So I was happy to see her, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a cool trick. I don't know if even trick is the right word, but it's a cool plot device to have <clears throat> basically the audience as as the characters on the show the characters on the show are, are also audience members of what we're watching oh yeah and i like the fact too that like they didn't just bring like jimmy woo in just to bring in like a cameo character and like same with darcy like there was actually a reason for their characters in the show to be in sure. the situation like Jimmy is an FBI agent darcy is an astrophysicist or whatever her title is like there's it's Reason. perfectly reasonable. Yeah, they, they, that they someone in their in, role yeah. would be there. Like it makes sense. Like it's not just well, we need somebody to you know to have their MCU cameo. Like you know whatever. Like, yeah, it was, it was good. I also just want to pause for a second and just give all the kudos to whoever does the casting for for Marvel. I mean, I know it's probably multiple people, and Kevin Feige, I'm sure, has his hand in it and stuff. But but my God, to have people hire Kat Dennings to play Darcy. And then I'm not sure who plays Jimmy Woo, but have whoever cast Jimmy Woo and, and not having any idea that, you know, five, six, seven years later, they would bring these two characters from two separate films together and they play so well off each other. Yeah. They they had great chemistry. 
Yeah. yeah. Just when they're when they're talking and she they're watching the thing and they said, Wanda, Wanda has twins. Wow. And Darcy's sitting there eating a bag of chips and she goes, Do you want one? And Jimmy Woo's like, Oh, of course I've thought of it. Maybe yeah. one day when <laughs> I'm ready to sell down. And she's like, a, a chip. Do you want a chip? I'm eating chips. Just yeah, that's I mean, good. but they they played off each other so well, and the chemistry was real good. So, but yeah, that's just a credit to how well they cast all their even these even these secondary roles that you know for all they knew were never going to pop up again. Yeah, and then they find a good logical way to bring the character back, which is exactly because like, Marvel, dude, to second that, like Marvel has nailed it with their casting, like in, in every role, the big roles, small roles. It doesn't matter. Like there hasn't really been anybody that's been like miscast at all. And like I, I'm just glad that they were able to actually like make more use of old Jimmy Woo because like I I, I love Randall Park. Like I said, like he'll yeah. always be Asian Jim to me. But <laughs> he's he's a funny ass dude. He was even in a yeah. Netflix comedy called Always Be My Maybe, and like Keanu Reeves makes an appearance in it too as a. Yeah, I don't. What's the best word for it? A very exaggerated version of himself. Good little movie. Go watch it. Your camera froze again. Um, okay. So the, our little trick did not work, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but then we got to, like, this just kind of speaks to what we were saying before. Like, Jimmy Woo and, like, Darcy and all them, they have the same questions we do, and they literally have Jimmy, like, he's going up there and writing down those questions, man, which I just thought was hilarious. Because if you actually look at them, it's like, that's it. Like, is vision yep. alive? Like, is like same time. Like, it's literally the same thing. The other thing that was cool though, which is brought up a lot of questions for a lot. Like, for I mean, a lot of people. This whole show brings up a lot of questions. But the whole uh, CMBR thing, the Big Bang energy that's around the thing. Yep, that's the whole. You know, it's the same energy that was there when created the the Big Bang, which also created the Infinity Stones. Yeah, and a lot of people. Yeah, have, it's. It's speculating maybe what all I think that is, is that Wanda's powers was created from the life stone or the mind stone rather. So like, I think that's all it is. I don't think the infinity really? stones are back because they just did the infinity stones for like 10 I, years. Like, you know, what I, I mean? just thought, I just thought that they were trying to, for all the fantastical things that happen in the MCU, there's always some, there's some grounding in reality. Thor is a god, but he's he's a all his powers and stuff aren't they aren't just magic. He's just an alien, and and to us it appears to be magic. Um, so everything like has some sort of even though it's 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 made up science, it has some science explanation. And so I thought maybe the CM. What's that? What's where are the letters CMBR, again? CMBR. I forget. It's cosmic C, something. Cosmic beta microwave radiation background radiation. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought maybe they were just. I thought maybe they were just starting to establish, or they're going to establish that Wanda's powers. She is able to tap into that, and that is why um, it's relevant. But it's to, to, to just basically kind of ground her versus just saying. Oh yeah, she's just magic. Um, her magic actually has some sort of, even though it's completely made up science, there is some sort of grounding of her powers in science. Right. Well, because that's one thing. Like that makes sense too. I just know a lot of people are thinking that like somehow the Infinity Stones are bad. There's people literally saying that like Wanda is the Infinity Stones now. And I'm just like that'd be an interesting twist. I don't think it would, man. 
Like, I mean, really? No, but just because, like, well, we know, we know she's not, though. We know she's yeah, not yeah, the, right. the, the I, she, she, maybe she has something with the Mind Stone because of her connection to Vision. Maybe that's some, but we know she's not the stones because Steve took them back. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like sense. they disappeared. There was, a, it was a whole plot point of the end of Endgame. Yeah, exactly. Steve took the stones back to where they belonged. So. Yeah. Right, and that's why, like, and my thing is too, like, I'd be, I would be kind of disappointed if it has anything to do with the Infinity Stones in any way, shape, or form, because we just had the Infinity War saga. Like, it was sure. ten years of this stuff, man. Yeah. It's just like kind of a cop out if it's just like, oh, some damn Infinity back. Stones again. It's like Scooby Doo. It's always someone under yeah. the mask. Like, it's, it's, yeah. boom, it's the Infinity Stones. Ah, gotcha. I now I haven't been reading a lot of social media stuff on it. Cause I always try and I won't watch the episode without having seen anything. And then, you know, by the time we do the show, it's only been out for basically a day. So I don't have a whole lot of time to look at stuff, but, um, so I haven't seen all that and I agree with you. I don't, I think it'd be dumb to go back to that. Well, again, already. Um, I really did just think it was, they're just trying to, trying to give her some basis in, in their reality for how and why her powers work. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And like I said, the only other thing I could see them like connecting a dot with is saying like, oh yeah, like Wanda got her powers from the Infinity Stone. The Infinity Stone makes like this kind of radiation too. So maybe, you know, maybe it's just that maybe. So it's, mm-hmm. it is just Wanda. Just another way for them to confirm that everything is Wanda. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the episode, not to jump all the way forward to the end, but Monica Rambeau is like, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Which I don't know if it's still too early to tell. You know what I mean? Monica Rambeau was only in there for a little bit. I think that could be a misdirect for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like she might be under that assumption. Like, she's not misdirecting anybody. But she, she may not have all the information, you know, as we don't have sure. all the information. So, yeah. But, um, because I know a lot of people were ruling out the because everyone like I told you before the whole uh, Agatha Harkness thing and then yep. the, you know Mephisto there's been some theories running out there for since the show was Inception and like people are, a lot of people are ruling that stuff out now because of this episode and it's like you don't know yet like it's like I've said from the start that this is more than likely just all Wanda dealing with her grief you know like that's just what's going on. And yeah. I still think that's the case, but it is the episode four of nine. There's still plenty to be revealed, and there could still be somebody in the background influencing things. Yeah, we're not at the halfway point even yet. Yeah, I'll say this too about the about Marvel. I think I think with everything, you know, when you adapt stories and characters from other mediums or or that have other stories they've gone on long before i think the natural inclination is to go oh well they're doing this story or they're doing this and while marvel has done that to an extent they always put their own twist the mcu i should say while while the marvel mcu movies have always taken their inspiration from comic book stories and and other other medium stories they always put their own twist and spin on them so i don't think it's as easy as just saying oh they're adapting the agatha harkness you know, which story from Avengers, the Avengers comic, I, you know, they might be taking elements of that, that character may be involved. Um, but I doubt it will play out just the ways it did, it did in the comics. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look at Civil War. Yeah. Know? Look at Infinity War. Perfect ah, example. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's there's stuff there, but I mean, they they take inspiration from other from other things, but they they always do it kind of their own way, which is another thing that I love about the MCU. Because if I just wanted a straight adaptation, then you know, well, I'd then it's no longer an adaptation. It's just like, well, let's just make that a movie. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I appreciate it when they. Because you want to be surprised, you know what I mean? It's like, we mm-hmm. know the comic story. It's like, why? Who? Sure. And that's the thing, too, is like a lot of people like want to see that done. Like, well, we'll just make it there. It's perfect. Just make it. It's like, you really think that like all these like creative people, like these writers, these directors just want to go and just shot for shot, make someone else's work. Like, you know, yeah. I mean? no, like, they want to put like their own stamp on it, tell their own story. Like they want to well, use that as inspiration and like do it. But like, it's kind of boring otherwise for them, like for and, anybody. And especially in the world of comic books, like the one time that that has actually happened, like legit shot for shot, um, <clears throat> almost verbatim the way it played out in the books was Zack Snyder's Watchmen. And and people yeah. didn't didn't get now they did make a drastic change to the end of um <clears throat> that that story and of course you're condensing a 12 volume very dense work into a two and a half three hour film mm-hmm. um so there were things that were cut out but the things that are in there <clears throat> are literal just straight taken from the page and put on film um it, it, there was no like ad libbing or anything done they just took out the parts of this for for 95 to 98 percent of that movie, I would say that I can't. I, it's been a while since I saw it and, and compared the two, but um, there it's may be close, one or man. yeah, and, and with, with the exception, of course, of the ending. But but still, and in Watchmen, while I thought it was a good movie, did not set the box office on fire, did not mm-hmm. draw in a ton of new you know viewers or readers. So um, as much as people may think that they want that, I think that kind of goes to show that's not always what people want. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and then going to the the Agatha Harkness thing and why like I like one thing that people could lean on to why you shouldn't rule that out is like in this scene where they were going through and identifying all the people inside thus confirming that everybody is a real person like like I theorized. They don't have an identification for Agnes. So Yeah, they put her up on the board without one, don't yeah, they? Yeah, like she's she's there. And she's but the only one. Only one they have. Now, granted, that blonde woman, I forget her name, the one who broke the glass, she's not up there yep. either. So, I yep. mean, there's other people that aren't up there, but arguably speaking, and this goes to show you too, which I, I know a lot of people have been overlooking this, Catherine Hahn, who plays Agnes, who people are thinking is Agatha Harkness or has some larger comic-related role, I think you're all right in some degree, anybody thinking that, because when they were doing like promotional stuff for this, you know, when the actors go and do interviews and press junkets and blah, 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 blah. It was, uh, what's her name? Uh, Wanda, whatever Wilson, I can't remember her name. Her Olson. Her, yeah. Olson. What's her first name? I can't yeah. remember. Elizabeth Olson. It was Elizabeth Olson, yeah. Paul Bettany and Catherine Hahn. All three of them were doing the press junkets, which would be- lead you to believe that she plays a pretty big role in the show because they didn't have Herb going out with Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen doing marketing and interviews for the Pat show. Benny's doing some. Well, that would make Did sense. You- she's, she's a returning star. 
Okay, and and um, what's Jimmy? Who's the actor who plays Jimmy Woo? Randall Park. Randall Park. I, I think I saw him do some too. Yeah. So well, that would. But be yeah, I mean, they're them. they're, they're still returning. pretty. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. significant characters. Yeah, but you don't have like all these other like you didn't have like a, a arguably just someone, Monica. Yeah, like Monica Rambeau. I, I don't think she yeah. was out doing press junkets like really like anyone else, and she plays a major role too. But they had Catherine Hahn literally on press junkets with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, the two stars of the show. She was the first guest star on the show that you see, too. Like, like on the sitcom. Like, she was the first one. Okay. Remember? Like, she comes, she's the neighbor. And they she's the high neighbor, like, yep. yeah. Yeah, she was the first. Like, so... I, there is a solid chance that she plays a significant role, but I will throw another theory out there as to why she's not identified. Old Jimmy Wu, Randall Park, said that he was there because he had like some missing person in the witness protection program. So maybe that's her, and they don't have her identification because she's in witness protection. Like so that's but why he, no would, one can... he would know her. He would know her ID, wouldn't he? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. It's a thing. They they would at least have a witness protection name that they would put up there, right? I'm just saying. I mean, you would think, a, but this is also a world where people are watching two Avengers in a sitcom. So the, the missing paperwork is going to be like the least of my <laughs> <laughs> you know, like It happens. I don't that's know. a good point. <laughs> um, but that's I'm just I'm just helping anybody float who's like really holding that theory. And then also people who are like. But it's empty. Like, ah, like, yeah. It, it could yep. mean a lot. It could mean nothing. It could be that it's just a little troll job from the maker of the show because they want you to think she is somebody she is not. You know, yeah. so they deliver. Because that's the thing. I do have to, like, agree with anybody who wants to say it is odd that they went out of their way to put her on the board and not identify her. Like, that, I think that does say something. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, they got through and they got all these other people identified, but not her. And she was in yeah. more episodes of the show, like more episodes of the sitcom for like the MCU people to have watched. So, like, you'd think they would have had more ways of finding out who she is, theoretically. Yeah. But who knows? Just just something. What did you think about this scene, though? That's <laughs> <laughs> that was good Oof. stuff. That was that, rough. It, it it hits you pretty hard. Shocking, right. pretty yeah. pretty shocking, actually. Dude, so um, do you think that he is? Because this is like really the other like million dollar question right now. Do you think Wanda is like literally? Because uh, this is something that like I know I haven't seen a lot of people talk about, so I'm going to talk about it so I can do a you heard it here first kind of thing. You remember last week we talked about the well. You guys didn't see it because this didn't get recorded <laughs> when we talked about it, but I talked about it myself. But, John, do you remember when we talked about the uh, deleted scene from Endgame where Wanda opens up the drawer and there's Vision's dead body? Yeah, she retrieves that? his body, yep. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are saying, because that, that's the million dollar question right now is like, what's up with Vision? Like, is he dead? Is he alive? Is this, a, is Wanda reanimating his corpse? And then, you know, with, it's literally his body walking around. But then when we see him alive, it's like a spell or is it just like a camera thing to where just like in a lot of shows when, 
you know, you have like a scene and like someone like just quickly hallucinates and like you turn into a freaking bat or something and then you you come back and then you're you're back to normal. Is it there's something like that, like a camera trick? And like so Dead Vision is actually walking around and like Catherine Hahn's character actually sees this shot and like that's the thing, and that's why like they seem to be in the know, you know what I mean? And they yeah. like, you know what I mean? Maybe that's it. But people are like you know, we don't know. And I'm I'm just going to su- make the suggestion here that th- th- she is reanimating the corpse because of that mm-hmm. deleted scene. You know what yeah. I mean? There, that evidence that she... Because a lot of people have been saying, well, if they're reanimating the corpse, where did she get the corpse? Like, where did she mm-hmm. get Vision's body? Like, because, like, he wouldn't decompose. So, I mean, you can throw that one sure. out of the way. Like, he's just... He's fine. Um, but... She did get the corpse. That scene was shot. Like there was mm-hmm. just an article about it. It was confirmed. So there is a, sh- a scene out there that exists that Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen shot with her going and opening up the body bag of Vision. So th- 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 it was cut, but and that's why I said too. I said the reason it may have been cut was because they didn't have the script written at the time. So maybe they didn't want to pigeon toe and like lock them into having to use that scene in some way. But now, after seeing this scene, I'm thinking it was cut because they didn't want it to spoil anything. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, now they can maybe play I, I with still, this kind I, of scenario. I, I, I still, I, I still question whether or not it was actually filmed. I, I think uh, it was written. I think it was filmed. I, he said filmed. I, he I, said shot. He said, he said, I have to cut the shot, which. To no, me, but Paul Bettany said that he had shot, and then Kevin Feige said, "I have to pull the scene." Okay, I didn't. I didn't catch that part about Bettany saying he had actually filmed yeah, it. He said that I, we shot this scene where, like, we get, I get the thing. Okay, there, like, he said it, and then Feige goes on to say that okay. they had to cut the shot or pull the scene, something along those lines. But okay. both of them implied it had been shot. But to to your, I wonder. Point, I wonder if we'll see that spoke thing. I wonder if we'll see that, you know, if that is the case, if there was, if there was a film, a scene filmed. And once we get to the big reveal later on about how Wanda did get the body, I wonder if they're saving that shot to, to put into this show. If they'll That's basically possible. use that shot in this show to show how she got the body later on. Yeah. Um, I do, I do like, as far as is, is vision, is this just a reanimated corpse walking around? Is this, it, what what actually is going on with him? I think Wanda has. I want to believe that Wanda has brought his consciousness back, and what, even though it may be inhabiting a a corpse, for lack of a better way to put it, um, just because of his reaction to things, um, he even gives like a kind of a at the end of the episode before he goes and sits down with her after she says, you know, what should we watch tonight? He gives a very Concerned look. It, it's it's a it, flash. Like a it's, it's such a smile too. Like it's yeah, like force. It's, like it's such a brilliant piece of acting by Paul Bettany. But it's just a a flash of like he's concerned about her. He's he's concerned about the situation they're in and and starting to come to terms with the fact that everything isn't quite right. Um, I, I to go along with that, I'm I, you know. This sounds silly, but I'm worried about Wanda because I'm not sure. Uh, you know, while Monica said it's it's Wanda, 
I'm not sure Wanda necessarily is in control of herself at this. I, I almost I almost wonder if it's not like a multiple personality or I, I think that there's a side of her that knows what she's doing and what's going on. But I also feel like there's this other, another side of her that is completely disconnected from everything and, and, and is just kind of let herself be lost in this world she's created because she, after she throws Monica out, after she pushes her through the walls and throws her out of the town, um, she almost has like this puzzled look on her face. Like, why is there a giant hole in the wall and what's going on? And, and then of mm. course she fixes it, but it's all, it's, 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 I'm, I'm so, I find it so compelling what they're doing with her character and, and what actually the what they're going to say is is going on with her and why why these things are happening. Well, that's the thing to your point to where um to where I think that this is essentially just a reanimated corpse for the most part and like because the thing is like if she was able to revive Vision in any way shape or form there would be no show she wouldn't be in the current mental state she's in if vision was alive in any way. Sure. You know I mean, so like that's, what she makes, would, yeah, cause she'd be she like, would just want to be living her life yeah, with him. Yeah. She'd yeah. be like, great guys. I was able to like, dude, I can do this. And then vision's alive for like five minutes. Like Tony, you know, Tony's dead. So maybe not Tony, but Hulk, can you help me? Like Bruce, like yeah. I can bring him back or sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, whatever, not, doing this not living in yeah. this fantasy world you know what i mean so that makes me think that d dude is like still dead obviously because if vision's not dead there is no show at least yeah. in the current the show as it is now with wanda being in this state because it just wouldn't make sense otherwise you know what i mean because the whole point of this seems to be that she's broken you know what i mean like she's yeah. dealing with this loss and like this is what she's doing to deal with it you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like but yeah, that I mean, at that point, it's just that's the, the that brings up the other question, though, is and how is the vision we're seeing like learning? You know what I mean? Because like you said, like he starts to like question Wanda in the episode with the twins. He's like, no, something is wrong. And then she like resets him. Yeah. You know, and then it goes back to like not that it goes back to the thing. So my, my theory with that, though, just to like kind of jump in on myself is that in order for her like thing to like work, like in order for the reality that is happening in the sitcom world, in order for it to remain, like she has to essentially create a separate entity. Like the vision we're seeing on the sitcom world is a version of vision, but it like essentially speaking has a mind of its own. Like she creates mm -hmm. a construct that does its own thing just like all the other characters in the show like they're real people they would do their own thing like but when they're in the sitcom world they're still fulfilling the role that she needs them to fill and i think mm -hmm. it's the same with the dead vision like you know what i mean like there's like like she she has the power presumably to do so but i think it's something yeah. along those lines like it's like it's it he's dead but when she does the thing it can serve the purpose that it's supposed to serve in her mind. And then when it stops doing that, things go wrong. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't sure. know. It's weird. Cause that's the only thing is like, how is he able to learn if he's dead? And it's like, it has to be an extension of her power. And like, 
and that's just what we don't really know, like the full extent of her power, really, because like, realistically in the MCU, I've only really seen her like use telekinesis and a little bit of mind control in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. The reality bending shit hasn't happened until now. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes, but yeah, I was going to say, you know, maybe it's the um, Agatha Harkness character that's also affecting things. Um the one thing about her character, though, is she awfully, she seemed awfully concerned when just her and Herb were talking to Vision the other day. Like, Monica, or last episode, not this newest episode, but the previous episode, mm-hmm. she seemed very concerned that Vision would figure out what was going on. And I'm just, you know, if she's somehow affecting stuff, I don't know. I don't know why she would be concerned if she has a hand in what's going on. Yeah, I, unless, think, I think they're unless, afraid of Wanda. I think somehow, remember how I was saying that I think that they were in the uppity up because of that scene? Because, like, it seemed like they knew something, like, they wanted to tell Vision something, like Herb did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she made him stop. So, based on this episode and, like, the new information we have, because before I was just under the assumption that she knew something, right? And whether she was behind something or what, I don't know. But now, I think it's because, like, she's afraid of Wanda. Like maybe after they they've been in there for so long, they start to like have like just like Monica Rambeau came to while she was talking to Wanda. Maybe they also have these you know blips of lucidness where they they come to and like they know that they're being held hostage. Like essentially, yeah. That's the only thing I really kind of makes sense to that scene is that they all know that they're being stuck there and they're essentially half being forced and like unknowingly doing things when Wanda is like in full effect. But then when Wanda is kind of like slipping, like when she had the twins and like all, when that shit happens, that's happened to those other characters multiple times enough for them to actually know, like they know like, okay, now I'm back to myself now. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? That kind of situation. Like that's, that's my guess. Yeah. But- the veil is definitely being torn away from different characters and in different situations at different times. And it's clearly, well, not clearly. I mean, it seems to be Wanda that raises the veil back up. Anytime mm-hmm. there's something that seems to be breaking into her world. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, I don't know where it goes from here. Though, really, I mean, the preview for episode five came out, which it looks mm-hmm. like that is going to be the whole Halloween thing. Which that episode looks great. There's that shot where freaking Vision's like tearing through. He finds the barrier. And he's like mm-hmm. tearing through the barrier. Like that looks dope. And then they have the scene with like sword crashing like a truck into the barrier. The episode mm-hmm. looks hype. That's also the yep. scene where Agatha or Agnes rather is in the witch costume. So maybe we'll get some more answers to see whether or not she really is Agatha Harkness. That's another mm-hmm. thing I'm looking forward to. I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking, looking forward to the next one. This See, uh, I loved this episode, like, in comparison to the other ones. <laughs> this was everything I wanted out of, like, I I would have honestly preferred, though, I'm not going to lie, just little sprinkles of this throughout the other ones I would have been fine with. You know what I mean? Because then it would have been kind of more like what you were wanting, like, less of a reveal. Like, if at the end of, like, episode one, maybe you had Monica Rambeau and Jimmy Woo outside of the place, and that's how it ends. Like, what is like a small what thing. It- what if at the end of episode one, when they pulled away from the person watching the screen, 
you had actually seen Darcy instead of just an yeah, arm so. taking notes. If you had seen Darcy, would that have been like, Oh my God, this is like, that's yeah. Darcy from Thor. Holy sh- Why, why is she there watching it? What's going on? Like, exactly. Yeah. No, would that, that would have been, been more. It. Cause just, Cause, just being yeah. an arm, it's kind of nondescript. You're kind of like, okay, somebody's watching her. Yeah. Cause now we know that that's what that was. Cause we, yeah, know, cause exactly. when, when you first see it and then when you see the beekeeper thing, it's all made to assume that like swords are bad guys and they're keeping them there. And like, you know what I mean? Cause like you see Wanda, yeah. she sees the beekeeper dude come out and she's like, no. And that's another thing. What happened to that guy? Like he goes in, they, 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 he, he doesn't come back out. <laughs> he didn't get ejected like Monica. We well, not that we know of, I, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's something, maybe that will be an actual something that's that's touched upon later on um but she also i i think it's entirely possible that she you know he was not integrated into the world the way that monica's character was he was just taken care of as soon as he showed up for lack of a better way to put it so maybe by taking care of him she just blipped to use that phrase again, she just blipped him out of the town and blipped him back into the sewer at the entrance where he first crossed the threshold. I, I don't know. You, you're right. He, he didn't. But, well, but since we don't have definitive he, answers, he, I, I don't want to jump to. It was weird that he came out as the B thing, though, because that seemed to freak her out. Yeah, but no, but everything gets like that was the that was that whole part of that scene. Everything when it comes into her world gets. It gets like converted, changed. Like, yeah, the jump rope gets converted like to that. fit exactly. Yeah, but, it gets but converted to fit. He the even world. had bees around him. Like, what does that symbolize? Like to her, to where she sees the dude comes out and looks like a beekeeper, and there's bees floating around him, and then she looks immediately scared and mad about the situation. That has to I, mean something to her. I don't. I don't know. I. I I'm not. I don't know that I'd take it that far. I, for me, it's I'm not weird. taking it that far yet. If it if it does, then that's fine. But I also think just the suit itself, if he had come up in a contamination suit, a, a high-tech radiation contamination suit in the 1950s, that doesn't fit that era. So I just got it dawned on me. Bees okay. are buzzing around and they're like annoying, right? Like people like in general, you get annoyed sure. by bees. Maybe all that really was was like a sword agent coming through got turned into the beekeeper because sword in the real reality out there is buzzing around her made up reality, annoying her, trying to get there in. You go. So maybe that's yeah. really all that symbolism is just like a fly yeah. coming and just being annoying. It's just yeah. maybe it's that, maybe that's literally all it was. And, and, and right. bees are vaguely threatening too. I mean, you yeah, exactly. Know, it, it honestly makes a lot allergic. of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah. I think we just cracked that one. I literally think it <laughs> might just be that simple. Like it's just annoying bug coming in and bugging you. Like yeah. she's trying to do her thing, and then this dude's coming in here, and she knew immediately someone coming in from the sewer was someone from the outside. Like, and maybe that's yep. literally all it was. It yep. wasn't anything more than that. Not some weird like beekeeper used to abuse her or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> not in. Like, <laughs> Not an aim soldier that she didn't take yeah. it for an aim soldier that she had encountered before or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I liked him. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad people. I hope I hope that when they delve back into the 
to the uh, sitcom aspects of it, people were a little, a little less, um, a little more willing to go along for that part of the ride. More um, open-minded to it, kn- knowing knowing that they're still going to get plenty of their, you know, MCU goodness that we've well, come to know. That's a la- that's 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 a good place where we can uh, end end this too. Like, do you think that we're actually going to get any more dedicated? WandaVision episodes like uh, like our first three episodes were all sitcom yeah I, I personally don't um, think that's going to happen anymore I think it's going to be a little bit of both being peppered in throughout the rest of the thing like I think they're done with the gimmick of it like the full gimmick of it personally yeah I guess we'll find out the next one I, I think they'll still lean pretty heavily into it just because of what they've said in interviews and promotional things about it that that they have identified a a sitcom style that they want to use to represent each decade Mm -hmm. so i I think the next one we'll get we'll get our 80s sitcom um i think you'll definitely have more of the real world stuff coming in you'll have it might be more of a if it's a 30 minute episode it might be more of a 20 10 split which which you know if 20 like you said sitcoms are generally 20 22 minutes long so you they can still put almost a full sitcom-esque episode in there and still give us a third of you know real world world stuff coming in so i don't i don't know that we're done done but i definitely think it'll i think it'll play a major role in it still yeah well i'm more when i mean done done i mean like the whole episode that we see I is WandaVision. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's going to... I think it's going to be, like you said, like maybe a 2010 or half and half, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I I felt like I felt like that. I felt like the last... Now, the first the first two episodes were, were very... Well, the first episode, I, I just feel like they were slowly building it. I mean, the very first episode, all you the only reference you really had were, were quick little... Well, what did you have? You had the voice on. That did you was the voice two. on the radio? That, that was two. Was that episode one? That was two. Okay, so mm-hmm. so the first episode, the only thing you had in the first episode was the pulling away from it at the end, right? The person watching yep. on TV. So that's, that's all you got in that first episode was that tiny little minuscule part. Nothing. And then the second episode, you get um, the second episode. You get the helicopter. You get the voice on the radio. And you get, um, I feel like at the end there was something else too when she was it changing the color. color. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So you get that. And and then, you know, the third episode you get... Um, Monica Rambeau thing at the end. And then, yeah, you get Monica talking about Ultron and all yeah. that. So so it's been a slow build, but I I do think, yeah, you're going to see this... The, for lack of a better way to put it, the script is going to flip. You're going to start getting more yeah. of the real world right. and less of the sitcom. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm but yeah, we won't have a purely sitcom dedicated episode. Yeah. 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 That's, I agree. That's where I'm at, yeah. which I think is a good call. Like, I yeah. think so personally, but I do want to see him. I, I do want to see him continue on with the sitcom thing, like in some way. I don't want to just to like die, you know, like sure for, for lack of a better term, not like, not like vision. that, yeah. Poor vision, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor guy, dude. Poor Wanda too. <laughs> like heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Like, geez. So, 
But I think I think we're gonna call it there. Unless you got anything else to say there, John? You good on it? No, no, we covered Cover. it. We covered all my all my. I even took notes. I covered all my notes. There we go. <laughs> so, then that's good. good. I'm glad we were able to hit them without having to check out. <laughs> that's good. We got through it. So, John, where can everybody find you online then? I'm over at Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Nightwing underscore K. Despite what this is still pulling in the old. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've updated my social media presence to, to reflect our show. Hold on. If you keep talking, I can make it come up. Oh, okay. So yeah, you'll, you'll see, I'm, I'm trying to keep those, um, those, those, you won't find some of my more personal posts that people just wouldn't be interested in. Like what I had for dinner tonight and you know, the things absolutely nobody's interested in. Uh, these will be more like, topic oriented things that we'll either talk about on the show or things related to things we talk about on the show or just my own personal uh interests on things like comic books and movies and tv shows that we may not cover over here or on the show so no oh, i i need to, i need to riff some more we haven't quite gotten there yet so. no it should be here <laughs> oh, no, it, i okay. can't find it now it's gone now look this it's is okay what, no look this is funny though because oh wait no wait it's on this one. Boom. God, I found go. it. I nice. found it. I had like four folders so that like <laughs> sets of them. And like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's not interesting to anybody else. There it is. I found it. The magic of video editing. I've, I've my, my new yeah, social media presence is up. It's too much content. There. But I've already <laughs> changed that before. So I don't know why it went back to the old one. So that's the only thing I think is weird. Yeah. Either way, there it is. Nightwing underscore K. Guys, you can follow me simply at Sir Rob Bifo on all platforms there. Don't forget, you can uh, also submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. And I will have, I think, uh, coming up like on Wednesday ish. If is assuming I can get all this done, I did do some uh, some reviews and some demos of these bad boys here, so I might uh, might post these. There, unfortunately, I have the kill switch on, or I'd turn them on right now. But I got the Revan lightsabers, and I did the unboxing for it. That's up on the channel, so you can go check that out. But I got the review coming, so if you want to go check that out, I should be up at Wednesday at some point. And also, check out every Friday. We live stream and do stuff like that and all the good stuff. But in, for, for now, all you need to do is like the video, subscribe to the, the channel, then share the video, then follow John, uh, the, the underscore Nightwing K, or Nightwing underscore J K. God, I almost said J myself. I'm getting <laughs> confused now. It's getting late. You can follow it's me late. at Sir Rob Bifo, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and thanks for watching. That's it. Till next time. Take care. <laughs>